Good evening from Leicestershire. It's Nuneaton Borough who are at home, but it's Barwell who are hosting them. It's a strange set of circumstances for this troubled football club who will see a change of era as Jimmy Janelli, manager and owner, gets set to depart the club following tonight's game against Hitchin Town. As always with a club like Nuneaton Borough, there's plenty of talk about what's going on off the pitch, but the club continue to fight Joseph McCormack on it quite impressively. They do indeed, and um, it's just really sad to see the position that the club's found itself in. I mean, first and foremost, I really feel for all of the supporters and all the volunteers, everyone connected with Nuneaton Borough who just want to go and watch their football club play every mm. week. Simple as that. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I know what it's like. I've, I've been there. I've seen my club demise, obviously RDFC in 2011. I know how it feels and I just hope that Nuneaton don't suffer the same fate. And, and you can only feel as well for these players, Jimmy Janelli, in, in a, a hard-hitting interview, really, with BBC CWR Sports at Six show yesterday. So, you know, one of the quotes stood out for me was saying the players are going to get very tight now about getting paid. There's obviously trouble, you know, with the amount of debt they are in the financial problems, not being able to be in their current stadium at Liberty Way, which is why we're playing here uh, at Barwell tonight. You know, it is so hard for these players to remain focused on the pitch. It is indeed, because, you know, at every football club you want stability, you want to make sure sure that the prime focus is you know on the football pitch but at the moment that's one of the last concerns for Nunez at the moment I mean these players have got to try and rally together now and just focus on the, the here and now and, and their job which is obviously you know performing on the pitch for Nuneaton Borough but you know you, you can't help but feel for them and uh, you know I just I just hope for their sake that they don't start to go through a load of player term turnover and uh, they end up you know, not having enough players to fulfil games. I just hope it, it doesn't get to that stage. The latest twist uh, in this ever-changing story is that Jimmy Janelli uh, has announced, or a rather a club statement announced, that this would be his final game in charge uh, of Nuneaton before stepping aside. Of course, both the owner and the manager of the club. That club statement was taken down yesterday evening, but Janelli did go on, uh, as I say, BBC CWR Sport 6 show, uh, confirmed that he is stepping aside. Uh, he's said on that show he's been told that if he does, there is a possibility uh, that Nuneaton can return to their Liberty Way ground. So he sort of sees himself as someone who's sacrificing himself for the good of the club. He did post on Facebook earlier this week, this is a big game, I want to see people down here. Can't say why, the vultures are circling. When you look back at it now, Joseph, it looks quite clear that perhaps he wants to go out on his own terms, he wanted to, and maybe that's why that statement's been taken down. Because, look, strange circumstances, because the club obviously know he's leaving. He said himself he's leaving. The club said he's leaving leaving but now there's there's no real word on there and there's been no activity at all on any front from Nuneaton in terms of social media today. And this is the problem isn't it you know this is the lack of transparency that's really confusing not just you know Nuneaton fans but every other fan who wants to know what's going on and the Southern League as well you know the Southern League will want to know what's going mm. on with them are they going to be in their league or not it's just it's all up in the air Freddie mm. and um, like I, I can't stress it enough I really do feel for the supporters and it, it, this is the consequence of, you know, mismanagement. And, mm. you know, we don't need to delve into individuals or anything in the past. That wouldn't be fair of us. But I just really, really hope that this situation gets resolved because Nuneaton is a massive football club steeped in history. Should be, you know, size-wise, should be at a higher level than this. Mm. But... And unfortunately, it's just a product of mismanagement, I'm afraid. And look, the Southern League have, have taken a sympathetic stance. They've tried to help them. The FA have been ground grading grounds in the local areas, trying their best to help them. And you can only think, you know, 
some clubs who, who are not as big as Nuneaton don't have the history probably wouldn't get similar treatment and, and to an extent Nuneaton have deserved you know the, this perhaps almost benefit of the doubt because it's a situation that has been tracked for a while as you say they've had problems in the past 2019 there was an appeal made to save Nuneaton from debt there's never really plain sailing times here but on the pitch they've continued to deliver they, they did throw a lot of eggs into that promotion basket last season, of course. It wasn't a convincing finish in the end, but they did reach that playoff final, lost to Russia Olympic uh, on penalties. And, and as teams often do, it can be hard to then go again the following season, find themselves 11th. And of course, that will be a big consequence of what's going on off the pitch as well. But you can only think, you know, if they maybe were promoted at the end of last season, just how different things might be. Possibly, Freddie, possibly. But I think that's the frustration for the fans. But the, the fact that the club made it so clear that they wanted to invest, invest and, and try and get promoted next season when in actual fact the, the focus should have been on paying the rent at the ground and, uh, and, and other basics like that and maintaining the ground and, and, and all the rest of it that comes with that. You know, survival comes first and foremost. You have to spend within your means. You, mm. Not every club can go out and get promoted every year. You know, there's only so many teams that can. Mm. Not many teams will. You just have to live within your means. And, you know, sooner rather than later... Whoever's in control of this football club need to learn that because, you know, mm. promotion, you know, it's not, there's no divine right for promotion or success in football. You have to go and earn it. And to mm. earn it, you have to be a sustainable run football club. And at the moment, this isn't that. Well, we do have a game of football on tonight, of course, and we do have the two teams. So Nunny to number one, Dan Joseph starts in goal. Two, Cameron McWilliams. Three, Jaden Childs. Four, Kyle Storer, who will take over that role held by Jimmy Ginnelly on the manager side. Uh, five, Victor Nirenold. Six, Scott McManus. He captains Nuneaton. Seven, Kane Richards. Eight, Leroy Lita. Nine, Matt Stenson. Seventeen, Casey Butterfield. And eighteen, Lafaniel Rowe Turner. The subs are Bilal Yafai, uh, Prince Mancinelli, Luke Kirtlin, Bo Friel, and Asaya Osborne. A couple of academy players or prospects, if you like, on the bench for Borough. Uh, for Hitchin Town, Charlie Horlick starts in goal. It's a back five of Lane Eady, Daniel Emmervon, uh, Toby Syme, Kai Turl, and Brandy Bell. Cameron Cotter and Stephen Gleeson along of the midfield with John Freeman and Finlay Wilkinson up front along with Jack Sneelis. The subs are Arnold Matshazi, Isaac Galliford, Stan Georgiou, uh, debutant Tommy Blenner-Hassett and Daniel Idiokoa who's fit enough for the bench uh, after suffering something of a foot injury against Burkhampstead or perhaps aggravating an existing one uh, and he's walking off. Doesn't look quite, he's quite in the best of health but we have seen it before with Daniel Idiokoa. He's one of those players who will often say I, I reckon I've got 10 minutes and actually Mark Burke will say well we could do you for 30 and he, and he can still come on and do a job sometimes once you get out there you can sort of forget about whatever niggles you've got that's the dilemma really as a manager isn't it because Daniel Idiokoa we, we know how important he is to this Hitchin team ever since he first came in on loan he's showed his qualities and shown that he's a player more than capable of playing at the level arguably higher so naturally when you have that talent available to you you, you want to utilise it as much as you can mm. but you know Sometimes you have to manage the minutes of players. And, you know, we see every single football club up and down the country. People say every week, why have you taken so-and-so off after 60 minutes? They were doing well. Why have you mm. taken so-and-so off? Why are you taking, bringing him on? And, you know, the, these are the, 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 the puzzles that managers have to solve. I don't think... I think it's difficult for supporters to question managerial decisions at times because they don't really mm. know what's going on behind the scenes. I mean, everyone knows that Idi Kerr has been carrying something of late. But I think 
you know, you, you do have to be careful with players like that, especially, you know, players of his quality because you, you don't want to lose them for any more than you have to. Something of a Fred Ben Nunnington in the squad as well. They've had a couple of key departures. Alex Lafleur was the, the most recent man to go. Certainly a, a talented player has been around for a, a couple of years now. Um, that is a, a stretch squad as well because they played last Saturday uh, and Monday, uh, well, New Year's Day and Saturday. Um, you know, they, they, they're going to have this fixture pile up is only going to get more and more difficult. The game on Boxing Day was called off. You know, they're ground sharing not only with Barwell here, but with Hinkley as well. So you've got three clubs playing at, at one stadium. They're going to play a lot of Friday and Sunday matches. But, you know, if you can't get things at the ground sorted out, not only is it, does the, the expiration date is, is set for March at, at this ground and that ground sharing agreement, you're going to have a, a real pile up of fixtures towards the end of the season. And, and that could only make things more difficult. Yeah, and I think that perhaps lends to their recent form as well. You know, they're winless in their last five, um, going out of the FA Trophy as well. And you look at some of the teams they've played against, Levington and Telford obviously both relegated from the National League North last season. Mm. Uh, Leyston, Sudbury, two sides who started the season poorly, but have actually picked up in recent weeks and have gathered a bit of momentum. So I think for Nuneaton at the moment, it's... I, I don't know what on the pitch is a successful season for them because yeah. you cannot ignore what's going on off the pitch. I think... You know, just just trying to sustain the level they're currently at. You know, that they're not going to mount a promotion push this mm. season. And you know, if they if they were to produce the unthinkable, do that and get promoted, they certainly wouldn't survive in the league above in the state that they're currently in. So, it, it's just about getting by for Nuneaton at the moment. And I, I know I keep saying it, mm. but making sure they have a club next season that is the most important thing. I mentioned Carl Storer is going to be taking over that managerial role, perhaps albeit temporarily. You know, as a player manager, that those things don't always last for a long time. It could just be a, a stopgap solution. Most clubs, the owner changes, the manager stays the same. You know, in this case, it's it's not Jimmy Ginelli as a manager who's been forced to leave. It's Jimmy Ginelli as an owner, and that forces a change of management. That's a very unique set of circumstances. Exactly, yeah. There's not many examples around where you have the owner being the manager as well. Of course, you've got Dorking Wanderers yes. on a more higher profile level with Mark White. But I'm not the biggest fan of that constitution myself, because like you say, there's... How do you, you know, sack yourself? You know, because Mark White's going to have to do that. It's going to have to be live on YouTube. And, you know, it's things like that. It's it's a very strange dynamic. And, you know, if there was an owner, they, they wouldn't have said, oh, we need the manager gone, you know, unless there were some really exceptional circumstances. So, big, you know, big things ahead for, for Kyle Storer, player slash assistant manager, 36 years of age. He was actually uh, captain of the Solihull Moors side that knocked Hitchin out of the FA Cup all the way back in 2018 when the Canaries reached the first round. So sure, Mark Burke, if he remembers that stat, will be looking for some revenge, that remarkable FA Cup run uh, that Hitchin went on. So Kyle Storer stepping up into that role. And Andy uh, Denilson, I'd imagine we, we uh, he's going to be uh, staying on uh, as an assistant manager as well. You'd think her was a was Tamworth joint manager as well recently yeah he's a coach with a lot of pedigree he's worked at Tamworth as you say been very successful there I think mm. he's also involved at Baseford United in, a, in an academy yeah, sort of role so he's, he's a very intelligent man he, he knows his stuff and I think for the need to have that footballing man in the ranks is really important because I think Jimmy Ginelli has been well more involved in the ownership side and running the club itself over the past um, nine years or however long he's been at Nuneaton now so Danielson coming in, look, he's not everyone's cup of tea, is he? But he has They're produced... They're a vocal pair on the yeah, side. Yeah, he's produced the goods for, for Nuneaton. You know, you can't ignore their success of last season from mm. finishing 16th for whatever it was the year before to going on to reach the playoff final. And they were involved in a title race at one mm. stage. You have to give him credit for that. Yes, they were up there with Tamworth. And, of course, there were some games to forget between those two teams. And 
the teams are in the tunnel here. There is a really good crowd in uh, here at Kirkby Road. It's less than nine miles uh, from Nuneaton, but it is much less accessible, say, by public transport than perhaps getting to Nuneaton would be. It's a very different stadium. There are no seats on the far side to where we look. It's a, a still a relatively new artificial surface here as well. There's only sort of one real main stand where you can sit down. All the rest of the ground is uncovered and you'll be standing on also what is a 3G surface behind the goal. It's a, a very different to a ground that used to host conference fixtures not too long ago. Absolutely. You, know, you have to remember at the end of the day, Barwell are a, a village club who have been, I don't want to say punching above their weight because that sounds patronising because they deserve to be at step three. But, you know, this is a very different arena to what they need to be used to. It's a different sort of feel for the fans but it's not going to dampen their spirits because listen to the applause as the players come out and uh, listen to that drum as well yeah that I hope he doesn't stand to our right for the whole game because there's a, a, going to be a few listeners tonight and uh, some of them will be feeling the winter colds and headaches already and it's not going to assist with ours the two teams are out there as you say Joe and they're going through those pre-match fist bumps none eaten in blue and white stripes and hitching in their purple away strip their last trip here 2-1 win on the opening day of last season against Barwell two debutants scoring Jack Morell with a, an absolute screamer from about 35 yards out and then uh, Finley Wilkinson you can hear the chance there for, su uh, for Super Jim Ginelli those Nuneaton fans plenty of them backing in plenty of them because of what they've seen on the pitch will be very sad to see him go and this is a send-off occasion for him it's up to Hitchin to, to spoil the party it is, yeah, the pressure won't be on them at all, being the away side, all the expectation is going to be on Nuneaton. I know both sides have struggled for form recently, Nuneaton coming into this game slightly lower than Hitchin in the table, 11th uh, versus 7th I believe, but Hitchin will feel that, you know, they can come here and spoil the party, like you say, to be fair to Hitchin, they have travelled very well recently, only lost once in their last seven on the road, five wins in that run mm. as well, so they have travelled well. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can tweet me at Cardi Freddy or at Joseph McCormack. If you've got the HTFC radio chat as well, I would just say, obviously, a lot of contentious topics, you know, circulating this game and the circumstances at Nuneaton Football Club. So do please offer us, you know, some sensible thoughts. I know we'll have some fans of rival clubs tuning in, but at the end of the day, I can control what to read out and, and you guys can't. So make sure, make sure we're sensible in the messaging. Do let us know if you'd like a shout out. I know we've got Beck Howell listening in. He's doing great things at Stourbridge. My mum and dad, we've got Marek listening in at home couldn't get up here uh, tonight so Joe has agreed to join me and I must ask you Joe for your score prediction here at Barwell Ooh, I'm hoping for goals um, I'm not used to seeing many this season um, but these are two sides <laughs> who like to play on the front foot like to score goals so I'm going to be positive I'm going to go for I'll go for a free two hitching seeing as I'm sat next to you well that would be an enjoyable evening I'm sure but Jimmy Janelli will be looking to go out in style as you'd imagine Joseph is the commentator at Radio Diamonds covering Rushton and Diamonds home in a way at home is it to Gresley Rovers uh, tomorrow in the Northern Premier League big game at the bottom of the table Joe how can we listen in yeah massive game that you can tune in uh, Radio Diamonds AFC dot Mixler so that's spelled M-I-X-L-R dot com huge game uh, battle of the bottom two um, and well to be quite frank it's probably the, the biggest opportunity we're going to get to win a game mm. for the rest of the season because Gresley are in really poor form shipping goals for fun mm. uh, I think they've conceded 61 goals to put wow. that into context we're bottom of the league we've conceded about 45 so it's a big opportunity for Rushton tomorrow really hope that the lads can you know, pull through and, and get three points in that one. We've had a couple of new players come in to boost the ranks as well ahead of that one. So, uh, fingers crossed we can get a Diamonds win there. Well, do make sure to listen in. Of course, no hitch and turn action tomorrow. This game moved to this day of Friday night football. Uh, Barwell and the two sets of fans are going to have to swap ends. 
Barwell uh, hosting us tonight, but it will be Nuneaton attacking from left to right in the first half. Hitching in their purple from right to left towards that Barwell indoor bowling club end. The B on the bowling is slightly falling off its hinge on that sign. It was a lot more sunny the last time I came here on the opening day of last season for that 2-1 win against Barwell. Been six meetings between these two teams. Nuneaton have surprisingly only won one of them. They conceded three against the Canaries in September in what was one of Hitchens' best performances of the season. Anything like that tonight, and it will not be uh, a fond farewell for Jimmy Ginelli. Hitchin will kick us off, the former Rushton man. Uh, Jack Sneelis, someone I'm sure you'll be keeping your eye on. What a guy. He is rolling his foot on the ball. He's got an aura, hasn't he? He really does. He knocks it back into Stephen Gleeson, and we're underway here at Kirkby Row, the final game of the Jimmy Ginelli era, both on and off the pitch here at Nuneaton Borough and there's already an early foul there just trying to clear his lines as the Nuneaton man we are almost level with the box that Nuneaton are attacking so our view of the of action down that end especially in what isn't the best floodlit ground I have to say seeing the back of these num of these shirts and the numbers on them might be potentially a little difficult Joe yeah not ideal to hitch to wearing a very dark no. purple kit either. they could have happily got away with the yellow and green <laughs> as I they thought they season, might they? yeah they did uh, this uh, this evening. It will be Gleeson though to uh, swing in the free kick. As we say, not an ideal sort of seeing ground under these floodlights. Gleeson then zipping it in. It's headed. Oh no, it's in! Hitchin have got an early start. Finley Wilkinson loves the goal against Nuneaton. He loves the goal here too and he's got one within 54 seconds. What a fantastic header that was. Ball whipped in from the right hand side. Finley Wilkinson climbing highest. Getting to the front of the queue. A looping header over the goalkeeper. Finding that top corner. What a fast start for Hitchin. He scored against Nuneaton away last season. He scored here last season. He scored against Nuneaton at home this season. And he's now scored against them at Barwell. It was a, it was a game that was perfectly set up for Finley Wilkinson. Stephen Gleeson delivering the free kick from the right. And finally, one of those Hitchin set pieces pay off. They score within 54 seconds. You could not have asked for a better start. We talk about you know trying to stifle the atmosphere tonight. Nuneaton coming here in their numbers and producing a really good atmosphere before the game. But... That has really silenced them, that goal, hasn't it? Richards takes the centre kick. 89 minutes left in the game and Hitchin have an early lead. And again, Wilkinson racing over. He was just one of those. He loves playing against Nuneaton, clearly. He loves playing here. His first game in Hitchin colours. He scored a last-minute winner here, returning to Kirkby Road. And before those Hitchin fans could even hoist their purple flags behind the goal, the Canaries have an early lead. And Wilkinson was racing away to celebrate it. Throwing into the box. Here's Sneelis back to goal. Wide to Cavan Cotter on the left-hand side. The worst start here at Nuneaton. Oh, and the cross came in again. And it was, I think, Sneelis leaping for it. No, it was Wilkinson again. And just wide of the mark, it'll go out. Or actually, in the end, for a Nuneaton throw-in. He's got a bit between his teeth tonight, Finley Wilkinson. Charging at the back line already. I mean, what did you see him there from kickoff, Racing at the defenders, putting them under pressure straight from the off. I mean, Hitchin have produced some fantastic forwards down the years. You look at Diogo Gouveia last season, Finley Wilkinson this year. And uh, it just really goes to show why they do score a lot of goals. Yeah, that's Wilkinson's 14th of the season. He scored an absolute corker as well uh, against Burke Hampstead. And there's another one to add to his tally. Three minutes in, Nuneaton nil, Hitchin one. That's certainly that side of the ground is not very well floodlit, actually. You can see those dugouts. You can, you can barely see each other in there. And uh, here is Charlie Horlock then uh, on the ball. He will be looking to settle things down. 
Wilkinson with his 14th of the season, as I say. The Hitchens' top goal scorers last season were Guvea with 12, Hay 11, Wilkinson 11. So he has been stepping up in the absence of the likes of Ashley Hay. And Guvea has been missing plenty of football with injury as well. Hitchens have had to adapt without him. They certainly have. As a ready to just pressing Hitchens into the corner there. But what a fast start. You know, and what a time to score. Yes, mm. you've got the rest of the match to go, but... As I say, the importance to settle this crowd down and, and get Hitchin on the front foot straight away. Mark Burke will be delighted. Hitchin has scored just five first-half goals in the last 14 games. And there's an early start that they would have only dreamed of going up on the coach into Leicestershire. Barwell of a throw, not be taken by the captain, Scott McManus, floated up into the box. Two number eights go head-to-head. -head. It'll be taken down uh, by Matt Stenson, their top scorer, still into the box, up against Lane Edie. Stenson digs out a low cross, shot comes in. Uh, from the number nine and it was well worked in the end behind for a corner excellent strength and power there from Matt Stenson exactly what he's renowned for had to move laterally across the box and try and shield the ball and dig out the cross as you say it was a decent low ball but not a blue shirt on the end of it corner kick the drum banging again plenty of non-eaten fans behind that goal they're on neutral turf essentially Throw in taken again by Scott McManus. This time from the right-hand side. Butterfield was up there to head it on. It might still break in the box. Hitchin haven't cleared their lines. Surely a goal. No, Charlie Hall saved at the near post. And then the follow-up shot is wide. You'd have bet a lot of money on Nuneaton levelling up there. He had a lot of time and the ball broke to him. Did Kane Richards. But Charlie Hall just made himself big at the near post. Maybe he had too much time. Far too easy for Kane Richards just to simply waltz into the six-yard area there. Thank goodness for Hitchin that Charlie Horlock was primed and ready at his near post and mm. Leroy Lita, an uncharacteristic finish from him on the follow-up. Surprising to see Hitchin, who uh, often struggle from these set pieces, but it was the knockdowns and the second balls that Mark Burke wasn't happy with, conceding twice from corners against Burke Hampstead. And it was a similar story there, a loose ball in the box and no real leadership or communication back there. Charlie Horlock takes the goal kick long. They say we're on a 3G artificial surface tonight, so both teams should be able to play their football. Here's Cameron McWilliams. He's a good right back who will get forward. He's overhit his cross. Yes, he has, just over the top of that Charlie Horlock net. And you can only imagine in Jimmy Ginelli's final game, none need to not be looking to fight fire with fire. They're not going to hang around and looking for an equaliser. And again, that's an awkward situation for Hitchin because none are bombing down the right. Lane Eady's been caught well out of position. Jack Sneederson and Stephen Gleeson both mm. having to try and come across and cover luckily for Hitchin the cross was well overcooked in the end a bit of a let off shout out to Gareth Hillier the Royston fannies is listening in I've only just tuned in hashtag rewind where you can listen back to all of the, uh, this commentary as a Canary Club podcast that'll be up later tonight we'll have all of the goal clips as always up on social media as well but Hitchin uh, take a 1-0 lead then against Nuneaton as I say Jimmy Ginelli's final game involved as boss of his hometown club Said he's going to be enjoying some drinks if whoever wants to come and join him in the clubhouse afterwards. And there will be time to celebrate. But they'll be, he'll be looking for his players to step up on the pitch for the occasion. Edie chipping the ball down the left-hand side. Wilkinson running onto it into that pocket of space where our visibility is just obstructed by some of those fans down on the far side. Wilkinson still flicks it down the line and Edie will be able to deliver across towards the near post and that's a no-nonsense clearance from McManus behind for a Hitchin corner. Well, you expected goals tonight and we've had one early on. My 3-2 as well on already, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Jack Steenis there just ghosting into the six-yard area looking to pounce onto that cross there. It was an inviting run and a decent ball as well but it was well tracked by the defender. Hitchin fans do drop us a message. And if you are listening in, corner taken short. Cameron Cotter up there again. It's into that pocket of space we can't see. In the end, the end result uh, is a throw-in for Nuneaton. 
The fifth home ground they've played at this season. They've only had one game here so far. It was a 0-0 draw against Telford United. Did have one landmark game, really, in the FA Trophy being played at Coventry City, which must have been a great occasion for those fans. Absolutely, yeah. And as a supporter, you know, you, you dream of days of watching, especially if you're a non-league fan, going mm. to your EFL stadiums to, to watch your team. I suppose it's... Only in senior cups and things like that where you really get the opportunity to do that. Unless so you're in Hertfordshire, I should point out, <laughs> <laughs> as we know. But yeah, Leroy Lita scoring. It would have felt like rolling back the years for him scoring there at, at Coventry City. So one fan pointed out to me earlier, they've obviously had their ground problems themselves. So, you know, nice of them to, to step in and, and help out Nuneaton. That was an FA Trophy tie against AFC Fylde. Uh, which Nuneaton lost on penalties after a two-all draw. Terrell chips the ball down the right. Two Nuneaton players go up for the header and it's down the left-hand side uh, for those in blue and white. Edie will clear away from the centre circle. Ball headed back in the air. Cotter underneath it. Now Bell chipping one over the top. Last hitching goal I think was scored in the first minute. It would have been at home to Mikkel over last season. Hitchin won that game 4-1. I think it was Diogo Guvea, the early scorer. Nuneaton can play through the lines here, though, into Kyle Storer, soon to be manager of this old football club. Wide to Leroy Lee, too. Has to just put on the afterburners a little bit across to pick up possession. Back to Cameron McWilliams. Crossing in. Again, it's overhit towards that back post. And this time it will go behind for uh, a hitch and throw in. Now, Neaton responded well uh, mm. to, to the early goal. They, they've been attacking down the wings, primarily this right-hand side, looking to load the box of crosses. Hitchin struggling to deal with them okay, mm. on occasions. They have been fortunate with some of the overhit balls into the box, though, so something for them to be wary of. Nine gone here. Neaton nil. Hitchin won a good crowd. I think they had uh, a decent attendance, 296 for their first game here at Kirkby Road. I think, I think we might have something similar to that this evening. Long over the top from Bradley Bell. Wilkinson will try and run on, onto it. Headed back to the goalkeeper by McWilliams. Keeper a long way off his line, then played back across goal to McWilliams. Edie's been aggressive in the press, the hitch in left wing back, but McWilliams will beat him for pace. Gets away down the right-hand side. It's then off the back heel of Kane Richards. As always on these artificial surfaces, the ball would zip across the turf or just bounce that little bit more. Lead to turning away from sign who's often the man called upon to marshal a dangerous striker. Often does a good job, but Lita will be in behind here. Chance for an equaliser. He's dragged the shot wide again. But Hitchener offering up some of the chances here. Edie's got to be careful because he was caught very high up the pitch and now he's actually down injured. I think that's what set Leroy Lita apart from many strikers throughout his career. His ability to spin him behind and take shots early. You mm. know, catch defenders out, catch goalkeepers off guard. Had he had, had his shooting boots on there, he might have caused a little bit more trouble for Charlie Horlock, but... Again, that's another situation that Hitchin are going to have to watch out for tonight. You know, you can't leave an ex-Premier League player running in behind you like that. Shout out to Marek. So Finn's a hot little potato tonight. Get Blanahasset on. You're good luck with that pronunciation. I've been practising. I can tell you. It's a name. Could be good fun to scream in the last minute. I'm sure uh, opposition fans will not be wanting to hear that. But a, a good start to this game for Hitchin Town. Good listener numbers in. I think our, our highest numbers of the season are against Nuneaton. Uh, last season, no longer have a radio team to borrow, and I, I thought we'd get oh, even a few more tonight. But I've been pleasantly surprised at just how many fans have come down here. Absolutely, of course, it's the only game in the league this evening. Plenty of supporters making their way down to Kirby Road, sampling some non-league football, and, mm. and why shouldn't they? Because especially given the situation that Nuneaton are in, it's important to get behind these clubs. You must love it if you live in Barwell. You get free home games a yeah. weekend. Hinkley, Nuneaton, Barwell for the time being. 
Charlie Horlock then will take a goal kick in front of those Nuneaton fans. Edie just receiving a bit of treatment. And they're going to have to make an early change here, Hitchin. Stan Georgie will come on. So Dan Emavon uh, will move across to left wing back. And that will be really disappointing for Lane Edie. It will, yeah. And um, it's not ideal for Mark Burton to have to make changes in that back line so early doors, especially when you're leading the game. But like you say, Dan Emavon, a, a more than capable player. He mm. can easily shift out to this near side and... Hitchin can reconstruct at the back. It's formed a nice partnership with Lane Eady. The two will like to get forward. Emavon does prefer to play the further to the left, so he does like to bomb down that left-hand side. It'll be business as usual. So the Hitchin back five now then. Emavon, Turl at left centre-back, Simon in the middle, Georgie the sub at right centre-back, and then Bradley Bell and Stan Georgie. An earlier introduction than he'd have expected, but we know he's more than capable and likes a goal when you're on commentary. He certainly does, doesn't he? And it's two and two for Yes, it Stan. is. Headed back here. Well, I keep forgetting, though, you did join me at Kempston Rovers in pre-season oh, as was well. At, uh, when you played Barwell at home, mm. I was with Marak there. Goalless draw. Here's Lita. Remember, Marak really bigging that one up. So we've got a belter in store for you today. An absolute banger. And then it was a 0-0 draw. I think it's the uh, Canary Derby clouding as yeah, well. It's, uh, it's normally brilliant as well. We've had some really good games between them. I remember at Callum Stead, last-minute winner at home. The last-minute winner here for Wilkinson. That goal from Jack Morrell. I remember seeing Ross Alton scoring from the halfway line Former here. Former Diamond here. Former Diamond, Stratford, Burke, Hampstead as well. And... Uh, they'll have a long throw in here anyway back at Kirkby Road McManus looking for Leroy Lita Freeman and Matt Shazi go up for it Freeman's then loses sight of the ball has to be careful here sees it out for a goal kick the last touch coming off McManus he was just unsighted there for a minute really good defending there from Freeman how often do we see in those instances the mm. forward coming in with such momentum and then just a brush from the defender and he'll go down and win a penalty but Freeman did so well there to just track the, the movement and then see the ball behind. Hitchin take their goal kick short as they like to do at the moment. It was played into Georgiou. He went wide to Turl who in turn went up to the halfway line with a longer ball. The ball back in non-eaten hands but then Wilkinson. That tenacity to come back into midfield. Win the ball back. Freeman works it back to Syme. He looks for the switch to Bell. It's headed away by uh, Jaden Charles. Headed by Kevin Cotter and out for a non-eaten throw in the last time Jimmy Ginelli will be in that Nuneaton dugout after announcing his departure from the club. That will take place after tonight's game. Unsure if there will be any sort of post-match proceedings or ceremonies, to be quite honest, but he's certainly just limiting himself to, to a drink in the bar. But, you know, perhaps he wanted to, to announce it after the game today or before the game, and, you know, that that announcement that Nuneaton put out and have now deleted Stole the Thunder. Who It's really difficult to guess. Well, this is what I don't understand. They, they, they want to essentially hide the announcement, but then... Jimmy himself will mm. go on the BBC and go for all the details. I mean, yeah. staggering. And there's been, you know, no, no communication from the club suggesting otherwise. No communication from Jimmy himself suggesting otherwise. And it is uh, a, a situation that will continue to develop. Long here from Stan Georgiou. Up from the back is Toby Syme. Carter then going up against his opposite number, Kane Richards. And Uneaton will break. It's an important tackle over by Stephen Gleeson coming back into the side. And now John Freeman can look to carry the ball forward. Scored a brace against Hales Owen. He'll win a free kick here. He's a player who won't see a lot of the ball sometimes, but he's got those quick feet, the former MK Don's man, to use it whenever he's got it at, at those feet. Just got those flashes of quality, hasn't he? Burst into a great stride there. Quick acceleration and uh, drew the foul there from Cameron McWilliams in a very mm. dangerous position. It's quite central, perhaps slightly to the left of the D, but certainly within shooting range, you feel. Perhaps it would be a commentator's curse to say Hitchin don't score many of these direct free kicks, but we know Jack Sneelis can hit the ball hard and Finley Wilkinson even harder. 
Will they look to go up and over the wall? Will it be a low effort? There are four in that wall. Perhaps, perhaps going to be joined by a fifth as well. Sneelis is the straight run up. Wilkinson is the angled one. So he'd be the one bending it over the wall. Sneelis has got those legs wide apart. Wilkinson does step up. Goes for goal. Great save. Really good stop by Giuseppe down to his right-hand side. Because that was destined for the bottom corner, I feel. Brilliant effort from Finney Wilkinson. Wrapped his right boot around it and it was curling for that top corner. But mm. Dan Jezef did ever so well to claw it away from his post. Can tell Wilkinson's enjoying himself. When he's confident, he's so difficult to stop. Scored a goal against Burke Hampstead. Scored within a minute to give Hitchin the lead here. It's a lead they're holding on to. 1-0 to the Canaries. They have another corner, this time from the left-hand side. The runs come into the box, Wilkinson towards the near post, it's towards the back, the head comes in and Joseph claims it's then behind for a, another corner. Not sure he got his head to the ball there. It's really hard to tell as I say in, in these conditions under the floodlights but Dan Emmervon was up there, perhaps it was him at the back post and causing problems. It was an excellent delivery from the corner wasn't it, looping up towards that back post right into that corridor of uncertainty. Caused all sorts of problems for the defenders, the header down just took a brush off of an uneaten defender and it's a, a corner on the opposite side. So it'll be a corner here then. Uh, Stephen Gleeson making some kind of low hand gesture. Floating it up to the back post. Toby Syme back across goal. Will it break for a hitching man? No, there'll be a foul actually. Someone was just being pulled back. One of those uneaten players I feel. It's an end to end game. It is. It's been a very good game so far. And like I said, Nuneaton responded well to the early hitching goal. That would have been a setback for them being the home side as well, but now hitching themselves, it's their turn to grow back into the game, build up some possession, ask a few questions, but here come Nuneaton. Long from Nuneaton, Bradley Bell's going to try and see it out, and no, it's kicked off him, and they'll win a corner, it's an excellent bit of work, really is from Jaden Charles, 17 gone, 1-0 to the OA side. Yeah, determined forward player there, didn't want to give up the chase, Bradley Bell caught in two minds really, whether to see it out or whether to just take it in his stride and keep it in, but perhaps just dwelled on the ball for too long. Good play from Jaden Charles to flick it off his man and win a corner. Kyle Storer, who joined a year ago from Solihull Moors. Played League Two football 44 times with Cheltenham, played the National League with Tamworth, Kidderminster, Wrexham and then Solihull Moors as well. He'll take the corner here. All of that experience and what is actually quite an experienced Nuneaton side will come on to that. He raises an arm in the air from that far side. That's a really good corner. Towards the back post, back across from McManus, shot in from Batterfield. Shouts for handball against Syme, didn't look like it from here. And we've got an excellent view of that. Optimistic appeals up towards Wilkinson. Back to Bell, found himself on the left, cuts onto his right foot and just stalls on the ball. Your thoughts? Well, the referee had a good view of it, didn't he? And he took a little sprint and a little think before waving away the claims. It's one you have to see back, but mm. I think I'm with you on that one. It's not clear enough to Looked be a like penalty. like a, a chest, if not the top of the arm. Here's Sneelis dropping into the midfield. Emmervon making a run down the left-hand side, and it's a good one too. He'll pick up possession from Sneelis. It's a great cross towards the back post. Bell is meeting it, as he often does, at that side of the penalty area, and he'll win a throw-in as well. Emmervon, you can tell that injection of pace. He'll be secretly loving the fact he's been allowed to go a bit further forward now. Yeah, lovely give and go down this near side and a decent ball across as Cotter well. Just now. On the end Bradley of Bell is onside, he'll deliver across, Emmervon's out the back post, shooting, oh he scored! Daniel Emmervon with his first goal for Hitchin Town, free as a bird at the back post and the Canaries have a second. Excellent finish, wasn't it? A lovely cross from the right-hand side, plucked down by Emmervon, first time on the volley, guides it into that bottom right-hand corner, Hitchin firmly in control of this game. What a time for Daniel Emmervon to get his first goal for Hitchin Town, forced further forward after that injury to Lane Eady, which saw him substituted off. 
Mark Burkasting to go back to his more favoured position. And there he was, staying up from the back post. It was right wing back crossing it in and the left wing back heading home. They really like to get forward in this Hitchin team. They do. I mean, I've spoken before about Hitchin committing plenty of bodies forward, trying to put as much pressure on the opposition as they can. And that all stemmed from the previous attack where Hitchin injected some pace down that left-hand side, then switched it out to the right, brought it back across. And uh, Daniel Emmervon, what can you say about the finish? So controlled, so precise. There's three second-half goals in the reverse fixtures. Hitchin won that 3-0 too early on in the first half here. Within the first 20 minutes, the Canaries 2-0 up. up. Nuneaton will fight back here, though. Charles down the left-hand side. Eventually, the referee spots that his assistant put the flag up for a throw-in. And that is just a goal Mark Burke will be so proud of. He's instilled this system where these wing-backs will bomb forward and, and one setting up the other. Emavon, very calm, wasn't he, at the back post and heading back across goal as well. Absolutely. Kind of sent it back where the cross came yeah. from in a way. And the, the keeper was just caught flat-footed. No chance for him in the end. Daniel Emavon then off the mark uh, as a Hitchin player this season. 11 goals now for players playing full-back in this Hitchin side. And that says a lot. It does, doesn't it? You know, Mark Burke has given those wing-backs that freedom and that licence to bomb forward and contribute to attacks, which I suppose you need to when you're playing mm. a back three system in the way that they do. But they've got a really good balance of that defensive solidity, but also that creative freedom going forward. Foul here on Finley Wilkinson deep in the uh, half that Hitchin are attacking. Gleeson will take it. It's over towards the right-hand side. And Jimmy Ginelli so far in what is his final game has got off to a nightmare start, Joseph. He'll probably announce another one after this, another game. <laughs> I'm not, it's like, you know when you're playing on your Xbox at home or your PlayStation, you're like, I'm not going to bed until yeah. I win. And then you go to bed at about 2am. Very hard. Yeah, I've got one of those cricket games on there now. Every time I'm out, no, new game. <laughs> I think I found that even more addictive than FIFA, but got to stay away from that. Too much work to, to be doing too many football games on at the moment. Here is Gleeson then. We'll take the free kick deep from the right-hand side. Stepping up, it's very deep. We know he's lobbed the keeper before from that sort of range. Not this time. Yeah, just slices down the side of the ball, didn't he? And it just got caught and um, yeah, sailed over the top of the bar. Now I need to nil Hitchin 2 at Kirkby Road. Seventh game between the two teams. As I say, Nuneaton have only won uh, one of them. Hitchin's record here has been played five, win two, lost three. All of those, of course, up against Nuneaton. Here's Cavan Cotter slipping the ball through, looking for Sneelis. Butterfield... In actually a number 13 shirt was indicated as 17 on the team sheet but Butterfield in that number 13 up now to Toby Syme commanding, stepping up from the back and now over the top from Stan Georgie looking for Cotter, won't get there Nuneaton win the ball back with Kane Richards Emavon then again in for a, a tackle then there's a sliding one in on him and Nuneaton can work it forward across now to McWilliams they look to start attacks through him he delivers a low cross. Gleeson gets a touch. He'll be taken down. Shot coming in. And it's blocked. That takes all the sting out of it from Richards. And it remains 2-0 to the away side. Hitchin plugging the gaps back that, uh, well. And uh, it was a, well, a decent strike initially. But the defender did well to step in. And right place, right time. Get the block in. And as you say, take the sting out of it for Charlie Horlock. Halfway through the first half. You're listening to HTFC Radio. Freddie Cardi and Joseph McCormack for... Uh, full live and exclusive coverage of Nuneaton Borough versus Hitchin Town FC here at the home of Barwell where Nuneaton are, are ground sharing until March. As we say, plenty of circumstances off the pitch at Nuneaton Borough. 
And on the pitch, they have done okay. They are four points behind Hitchin in 11th going into this game. The Canaries can't reach those playoff spots with a win. They're four points off uh, those positions now. But Nuneaton, of course, on the pitch stability whilst instability off the pitch. Sometimes you can only take that for granted and, and it's never going to last, you know, for, 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 for a good period of time, I guess. Absolutely. And they're very much a side this season that have had their peaks and troughs. They started the season really poorly. Then they went on a fantastic run. Now they're in the midst of a bit of a sticky rut at the moment. And uh, Hitchin are capitalising mm. on that at the moment. Shout out. We, we love you, Hitchin. Have said any chance of a shout out? Absolutely. If you put a sensible name in <laughs> and a normal message, then you'll get one on here. Here comes Cameron McWilliams. You can also tweet us at Cardi Freddy, at Joseph McCormack, or at Hitchin Town FC if you'd like to get in touch. Richards then. Dropping back in, Lita with that trademark turn might get to the second ball. Emavon will just steer it out, but once you spot that once from a player, you see it every time, Joe, and you, you are completely correct to point it out because he's spun away from his man. It's hard to think, really, that he's 39 years of age. Absolutely. He, he still moves as if he's 29 years of age. He's got that burst of pace, that energy in behind, but Hitchin are doing well to marshal him at the moment. Ten goals this season. He actually scored on the, the final game of Hitchens' 2022-23 season. The final goal of that season, in fact, it was only a consolation from the penalty spot for Ilkeston Town in a 3-1 defeat. Scored a hat-trick to get our manager sacked. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was one of those players, you mentioned the name, and someone they could support a, a football league club or a non-league club, they'll probably go, yeah, he scored against us a few times. But everyone knows who he is, everyone and, knows and that is testament is. to his mm. quality. You can put that name anywhere and someone go, oh, Leroy Lita plays for them, and... Yes, yes, he does indeed. And plenty of you know older players in this side. Leeds are 39, Storer 36, McManus, Nirenold, Osborne, Roturn are all in the 30s as well. And a couple of academy players on the bench. You know, it's a it's an ageing side, but I think you know with their circumstances, I think you need that. You need that experience. It's really difficult to you know if you're going to be throwing a load of 17, 18 year olds into this. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> Joe, of course, commentator at Rushton and Diamonds, bottom of their step four division this season. Back in from Leroy Lita. I get a harsh slap on the wrist every time I moan about Hitchin. Wide here <laughs> from McWilliams. He'll get the ball back in the box. Can he keep it in play? He can. Back across goal. Hitchin needs to clear the lines. And Turl emphatically does. Out for an uneaten throw and up and over the halfway line. But there are real problems from that loose ball in the box. Yeah, and Hitchin are... The fact that they are tuned up and in control of this game means that they could just sit back and absorb a bit of pressure. Good low block there to compact the space and stop Nuneaton from creating an opening. Long over the top here then from Daniel Joseph. Kai Turl is going to let it bounce once but not a second time. He heads the ball back to Charlie Horlock who is uh, looking to extend on his eight clean sheets in all competitions this season. Those hitching goals by the way, they're 50th and 51st of the season in all competitions. So they've hit that half-century mark in terms of goals. There'll be a throw in here, or a, a free kick, in fact, for Nuneaton Borough. The goalkeeper, Joseph, will take it. Wilkinson not happy with where it's being taken. Still 2-0 to the Canaries after 27. Yeah, and they're firmly in control, as I say. Hitching just 
playing at their own tempo at the moment, allowing Nuneaton a bit more possession in these final few minutes, but they're comfortably coasting at the minute. Over the top now, taken down well by top scorer Matt Stenson. He's going to have a crack from range, and that actually really wasn't far away from Charlie Horlock's far post. There was a puff of those black bits that you get on the 3G pitches, and it was very close to that post. And there was a puff of the cheeks as well. Charlie Horlock, a relieved man to see that one fly. Why? Because... It was a good strike that actually swerved away from the hitching mm. goalkeeper and it looked destined for that top right-hand corner, but as you say, just flash wide. It was one of those where Charlie Hall accepts perhaps he's not going to get to the ball and you know, perhaps pretends that it, he knows he's got it covered, but as you say, he, he looked been a, very worried. A though. nervous man by the end. Horlock up and over the top. He, he did make a mistake to give Burkhamps to their third goal, but Mark Burke did say after, and rightly so, he's built up enough credit in the bank and to be honest, I think the game had gone, even though Hitchin only needed a goal to get back into it, they did not look like scoring for the whole of that second half. So no one will be criticising Charlie Horlock anytime soon. That's a great tackle there. Toby Syme, he'll go long over the top as well. Wilkinson was looking for it, but Scott McManus can clear away down the left-hand side up towards Jaden Charles, and it'll be a, a Nuneaton throw-in. McManus, who's from a footballing family, Sister Abby played for England at the 2019 Women's World Cup, most recently of Leicester City after a spell with... Uh, Manchester United as well, taking it down through and do see it, Callum Stead I think his sister on the books at Tottenham Hotspur, of course the most famous siblings in the men's and women's game will of course be Reese and, and Lauren James, Lauren arguably outperforming her younger brother for a lot of the last couple of years, here's Dan Emerson clearing away. Must be good, though, mustn't it, to have footballing siblings. I'm sure many of these players, too, all of them, their dads, you know, or, or granddad seem to have played. Yeah, it runs in the family, doesn't mm. it? A lot of it is genetic, and um, you've mentioned some great examples there. Free kick here. If it's genetic, you can blame my dad for my bad first <laughs> touch. <laughs> I know he's listening in as well. Yeah, put the headset down. You're going marks on a corner. <laughs> yeah, they could do with my height, but... People always look at that height and think, well, they either say you should play basketball, which I'm useless at, or say you should be good in the air, and I hate heading the ball, so it's a bit of a, a false dawn, that one. Fellaini's one of those as well. When he played at Man United, he's about six foot four. He used to jump about five foot seven. <laughs> Wilkinson down at the moment. He'll receive some treatment, just take some of the sting out of the game. Has been talked about Hitchin. Not, you know, not one of the taller teams in the league. They are often dominated at set pieces, but... You know, Mark Burke feels they have to make up for that by just showing that fight to win those second balls and knockdowns. And they didn't do that against Burkamp, so they've been slightly better at it tonight. But it is something you can't really compensate for, that height difference. Yeah, they, they defy the odds at times, don't they, Hitchin? Not in terms of their quality or anything like that, but they're like little terriers, the way they surround the opposition, pinch the ball back. Like you say, not the tallest in terms of stature, but as a unit, they work collectively so well they move forward together they move back together and it's really difficult to like emerge or, or find those cracks in, in the armour interesting what Mark Burke said to me as well after the game said actually the reason maybe we've not got all these tall players because that's not the type of player we look for we look for these ball playing you know younger players and we're perhaps not going to look for a six foot six you know old, older centre back of course if they come around and they fit the mould then you'll have them but you know, so many teams, especially in new football, height is such a massive factor now, isn't it? And it's something that players will be discarded from academies for. But Mark Burke very much not seeing it, you know, as that as that important at this stage. Free kick will be taken. Wilkinson can continue. It's a low ball into the box, taken down briefly by Matt Stenson, who did stay on side and eventually cleared away for an uneaten throw. And that caught Hitchin napping momentarily. Yeah, I think they were expecting a long one towards the area, but it was in fact quite a, a low flat one out towards the left side of the box. But Nuneaton do manage to work a throw in. Half hour gone, Nunnington nil, Hitchin two, Wilkinson and Emma on the early goal scorers. 
Here's Freeman just laying the ball off for another defender to clear away over into Mark Burke's dugout for an uneaten throw. Slightly chilly night, but warmer conditions than we've had in recent weeks. It's been a, a rather warm winter, actually. All of that cold weather seemed to come at the start of December. I have got my base layer legs on, but only one coat, no gloves, no hat, no snood so far, which tells you it's basically, you know, Caribbean conditions here, <laughs> knowing how bad I am in the cold. Here's Bell trying to clear away. Comes off the Nuneaton man, and he just keeps it on briefly, and now behind for a, a hitch and goal kick. You're pretty good in the cold. You're used to it. I'm not too bad, to be fair. Like I say, I just took my coat off just in a jumper tonight. So, uh, well, I'm, I'm sure I'll be throwing it back on come 10 o'clock. Great listener numbers, as always, when we play a side like Nuneaton. And, of course, as you say, the only Southern League game on tonight. The rest of them all to come later this weekend. Hitchin will stay seventh with a win uh, or a draw tonight, but they're going to be forced into a change. Finley Wilkinson, who scored within that first minute, is coming off. And Arnold Matshazi will come on. So, Joseph, two players inside the first 32 minutes, forced off due to injury. So, Hitchin's task gets more difficult. I don't think anybody saw what happened to Wilkinson there because he wasn't involved in There was one a good five minutes ago. But, yeah, the, the incident that led to him going down for a couple of minutes, I didn't quite see it. And Mark Burke, who will now feel he's maybe got a little bit more license to stop really going for this game, sit back a little bit more. And he's a manager who relishes the fact that now his job is a lot harder. He's only got one more sub that he can call upon, but he's got quality from the bench as well. That's the important thing. You can see that with Emma Von shifting position, going and scoring. And, you know, Matt Shars is a, a really big game for him now because we've not quite seen the best of him so far. And now he's going to come on. He's going to be a, a lone striker, something he's not done yet at Hitchin. No, and uh, going to have to shuffle the pack around um, Hitchin. But Mark Burke's a very experienced manager. Mm. He knows how to organise a side. And especially with this 2-0 lead away from home, he'll know how to manage mm. it. You can imagine it's something of Hitchin come away with three points. It'll be one of the first things he says in the interview. You know, he's saying, well, well we had, to, had two of our key players go off due to injury and we still won the game. You know, it's something as a manager, this is where you earn your money. As McManus turns away, clearing down the... Uh, left-hand side, Leroy Lita just bundling down his man. The linesman in the end says, I think, offside against Stenson, who the second ball went through to. The referee eventually spots it, and yes, it is. Uh, the flag going up. Did look like Lita could have fouled his man as well. But I do think one of the strengths of Hitchin, certainly over these last couple of seasons, have, has been that strength and depth and that ability to bring on a, a quality step-free player mm. from the bench. It's something they didn't really have many of in that season of two seasons ago when they were battling relegation but they've got them in abundance now Charlie Horlock then will take the uh, free kick a couple of nice messages someone has said that I should be the Nunnington manager and owner, I don't think you want me uh, some's, someone's made a Cardi fan club as well on the chat as well so that makes a nice change as uh, the referee just goes over to talk to one of the Nunnington Charlie players. Horlock's just been booked Horlock booked for time wasting we yep. are 34 minutes in <laughs> so happens to be all the time you look down for one second yes, and the referee yes. gets his cards out that's why it's good to have your beady eyes Joe spotting that yellow card for Charlie Horlock the my last time eyes. I looked down and he took a free kick he scored from it so <laughs> I really should learn my lesson uh, but there will be a, a throw in now for, for Hitchin on the far side bell to take but an early yellow card for time wasting but it does show perhaps how Hitchin's impetus has shifted as Bell he'll deliver across again Emerson free at the back post back across goal and then it's cleared away it wasn't quite where he'd have liked it to go in the end Tell will head well he tried to head forward on the half early instead it spins backwards he can then work it wide to Emavon, but you can tell Hitchin getting that extra man forward Nuneaton can't accommodate Emavon with those runs at the back post there's never a man on him 
Here's Snealus. Goes wide to Emavon. Again, he's free to deliver the cross, this time claimed by Joseph. He's causing so many problems. He is, and Hitchin haven't come forward many times recently, but they look threatening every time mm. they do. They've clearly got a, an identity, a style of play, work it out to the wings and bend balls into the area. Charles now racing down the left-hand side. Again, Hitchin of a man close to Lita. This time it's Georgiou up to Snealis, who flicked it over the top of his head, but Nuneaton can walk it forward. Niranol, the Frenchman, played all over the globe. And now... Coming forward is the right back, gets a shot away. Just Cameron McWilliams looking for his fourth goal of the season, and it's blocked behind for an uneaten corner. Ten to go of the first half. Yeah, great gliding run forward there from McWilliams. Found a pocket of space and infiltrated the area down this near side. Tried to get the shot away, but it was a good block behind. So, Nuneaton corner, everyone up as you would expect. It's going to be uh, that man, McWilliams, to go over and take. In fact, I think it's Jaden Charles. Yes, it is. Left footed option. Will be an in-swinger. They've got Richards on the edge of the box lying in wait. Here is Charles. It's a, a deep delivery over the head of Horlock. Is it off the line? Is it a handball? No one seems to be sure. The referee gives a corner. Charlie Horlock got down and made the final save. It was really difficult to spot the ball there. Yeah, it was a sea of purple and blue in there. and We just couldn't quite peek through and see what exactly happened. And I think the referee was caught in two minds. And as a referee, if you're not sure, then you, you can't give it, can you? Yeah, Stephen Gleeson was there guarding that post, as was Bradley Bell. And again, we've seen it a couple of times, which have been more optimistic appeals from those in blue and white behind the goal. Their side are attacking. They'll have another corner here, though, from the opposite side. Again, it's towards the back post, just over the head of everyone. They had Stenson there in waiting. A couple of millimetres lower, that would have been a real chance. It's quite a deceptive delivery in a way, because it started off looping really high, but mm. then it dipped really devilishly, devilishly towards the end. And uh, it just had Horlock scrambling for a moment, but Hitchin survived. Been a game of crosses and headers, hasn't it, so far? Both of Hitchin goals coming through those means. Nine left in the first half. Wilkinson headed them into the lead in 54 seconds from Gleason's deep free kick. And then it was Dan Emerson meeting Bradley Bell's cross at the back post in the 19th minute to double Hitchin's advantage. He'll come forward down the left. It's not a great ball up to Matt Sharzy, who's always a willing runner. Bundle of energy up there, the former Wiccan Wanderers man. Bell now for strong clearance forward. And again, Matt Sharzy will sprint after, looking to put Joseph under pressure. And all he can do is pump the ball out for a hitch and throw in deep in, in the Nuneaton half. Yeah, good concentration there from Joseph. He knew that he had to make that ball first, and he did. Kept seven clean sheets in eight games earlier this season, a more than capable uh, stopper, mainly playing in goal in the absence of Liam Castle, who's serving a six-month ban from football for, for breaching betting rules. Of course, a former Barwell man was keen to stress in their club statement, Nuneat, and that it is the minimum sentence and fine. It was uh, eight years ago the bets were placed, at a time where Castle, as he claims, wasn't in the matchday squad for the club and was a, a new member of the team, but the FA... Uh, punishing him and it's afforded a, an opportunity for the 26-year-old Joseph in goal. But just another problem really for, for Nuneaton this season that they've had to deal with. The, the betting rules and allegations, they, they confuse me because there was the guy from Stratford who bet on one game and got a 12-year ban. Mm. So wow. wh where do you draw the line? I know Stan's dad Steve has actually contacted the FA because he likes to bet himself. <laughs> I don't think he does bet on Hitchin, but he, he was quite keen to know because, you know, what are the rules? How far does it extend? There's Nuneaton drive forward, prodded through here up to uh, Stenson. Castle, who was Nuneaton and Barwell close to his heart. Born in Germany as well, came over here. I think he played for the likes of Basingstoke Town before making the move up to the Midlands off the 
top of my head. Prodded wide here and that sums things up. It was Stenson dropping back in. He tried to move wide for Williams who'd been bombing forward all game but this side his feet were stuck in the pitch and it's behind for a hitch and throw in and there's no rush to take it. And Stenson had a really good point there. There was acres of room down this right-hand side. Mm. Well, Although actually, now McWilliams yeah. has gone down, so that might help suggest why he didn't chase out Gleeson down on the turf as well. Injuries all over the place. Yeah, I mean, we, it's ironic how he goes down when we start analysing it, but mm. no, that's probably what he was trying to say to him. He was trying to sort of gesture, I'm not, you know, yeah. I'm not good, don't play it to me. But Stenson didn't get the memo. Mm. It, those things can happen, just that little mishap in communication. One question on the chat, Joe, just asking why where things have gone wrong for Rushton this season. I think we'll have a bit of a conversation with that at half-time. We, we need a few more minutes, don't we? But we will pick your brains about Rushton and Diamonds. I want to talk Derby County with you as well. Mm. Uh, as Stephen Gleeson is down. This isn't good. Face down on the turf. Looks like it's his left leg that Chloe the physio is massaging. Ch uh, Kai Tell goes over and steals something from a little bag as well and Rick Williams receiving treatment still Hitchin do have Isaac Galliford and Daniel Idiokoa on the bench but look we were talking before the game how much does that Daniel Idiokoa have in his legs and now we might be we might have that tested this could be a third first half substitution for Hitchin I mean I'm not going to diagnose him I'm no doctor for no. sure but I, I do think these artificial pitches they do exacerbate injuries and you've seen the increase in serious knocks like ACLs mm. and you know, all those sort of injuries as well. And uh, well, I'm not saying that it, it's to that extent here. I think he just needs a bit of treatment more than anything else. But he, he's, he's lying down in a rather awkward fashion, like you say. Mm. Yeah, not looking good for Gleeson. I think the referee is just going to go over and ask what his chances are of being able to continue in this football match. Bearing there in mind are as well, five Hitchin minutes left until half-time. Hitchin have already had to make two substitutions for mm. injuries. Gleeson, the oldest player in this squad as well. He will be... He missed the Berkhampstead game mainly so he could play this one as a precaution. It's still the back of his leg and Chloe the physio earning her money so far. It looks like McWilliams will be okay to continue. He's going to uh, jog off to the sidelines. It's always difficult in that situation for a player and I, I mentioned it as well talking about Idiokoa. Players always want to play. They're, they're never going to tell you that they're, they're not. But like you say, it, it's good to miss one game. Mm rather than playing that game and then going on to miss the next three or four. So both Gleeson and McWilliams making that sombre walk over to the touchline. Both, I fancy, will be able to continue, which is good news for this game as a whole, and particularly Hitchintown. Seeing Finley Wilkinson's dad, bag of chips in hand and a, a cup of something hot. Always happy when his son's on the score sheet, as you'd expect. And I think Nuneaton have made a change here. We'll wait for confirmation of that, but... McWilliams, who now I think the physio is saying can come back on. He's raising his arm in the air, perhaps saying stop the substitution. Uh, Gleeson is still hobbling, so maybe that... Well, there's an uneaten man who's been readied in the bench. I think Galliford is warming up most vigorously for Hitchin, but both players look like they'll continue. So we're just waiting for that communication across to the dugouts. Well, the assistant the raises said he's can He said he's cancelled the sub now, I think, by okay. that hand gesture. So there we go. But there'll be some significant time added on. We've had a few injury stoppages now, two of them resulting in two Hitchin players, Edie and Wilkinson, who've barely missed a minute this season. Certainly Finley Wilkinson, the youngster. Coming forward no, now is Jaden Charles for Nuneaton down the line. Substitute Stan Georgie, one of those two first-half players who've come on, can clear the ball forward. It just bounces away from the Nuneaton man up to Matt Sharzy, but it's poor control from him. He continues to fight for possession. In the end, it's won back really well. 
by Freeman stepping across. Does the simple things well, does Freeman. And now Giorgio over the top to Jack Sneelis. He won't be able to keep that in play, but it's gone all the way up down the far end anyway for an uneaten throw. Yeah, I, I like the look of John Freeman. Like you say, does mm. the simple things well, just keeps things ticking over for Hitchin. And sometimes, you know, that's, that's what you need to do. You know, everyone loves a tricky, flary player who can drive down the wing and beat five or six players. But it's that quick movement of the ball that teams struggle to live with. And it's what Hitchin do really well. Bell, ball just ricocheting into the middle of the park, taken down by Stenson, a couple of keepy-ups, and Stephen Gleeson does not like any kind of showboating, and he smashed that <laughs> ball out into the fence on the far My side. My kind of midfield. Yeah, absolutely. Pro clubs midfield. He will not take any nonsense. Is that your position? You know, pro oh, clubs? no. no. I'm, I'm more of a forward, me. Throw in here for Nuneaton Borough. I'm sort of that step five, six forward. <laughs> Headed down here and behind. Have you got a trademark goal celebration on that. No, I'm quite boring. I, I, I just set the defaults to be honest. I'm not into all the dancers. <laughs> Spam whichever buttons and see what see what they do. And I'm one of them. I'll, I'll make myself. I won't make some <laughs> pink afro Yeah, green six afro. Foot six man. Yeah. Played down the line by Bradley Bell up to Matt Sharzy. I'll have to ask you for some of your stats at half time. <laughs> you see how honest you've been to yourself. Throw I in here for Nuneaton. You can actually Google your stats as well. If you go on to, I think if you go on to EA Sports website you can actually find them. Throw in here down the left-hand side. One minute left of the first half. Headed forward. And Tell smashing the ball away. With the original Rushton and Diamonds, were they, I guess they'd have been on... Would they have been on FIFA if they made yeah. it that high up into yeah, the, the, the EFL? We, they would yeah, have been. Yeah, we, we would have been. Um, I, think it was I bet you can get that for 10p at a market somewhere and play it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Without a shadow of a doubt. Um, we would have been on... I think it would have been... FIFA 10 and the ones before that, maybe even FIFA 11. Mm. I know it wasn't FIFA 12 because my dad and I actually were on FIFA 12 the other day and we couldn't find <laughs> them. The first one I remember having was 14. 15 of the best soundtrack. Anyway, we got sidetracked into the final minute of the first half. I'll have a bit added on. I had entire nights out at uni where we just listened to FIFA songs and <laughs> it doesn't get any better than Still that. Still do now. Think. Here is John Freeman. Throw in goes the way of Nuneaton. Both referee and assistant agree with that. And we'll see how much time will be added on at the end of the dramatic first half which Hitchens still lead by two goals to nil. to nil here's Casey Butterfield the Bermuda International will swap Bermuda Park in Nuneaton for Bermuda itself in those international breaks <laughs> and the well there will be a change now and it's number 10 uh, do we have a number 10 <laughs> Bilal Yafai who's going to be coming on there we go and uh, 12, who I don't have on the team sheet, I think it's Roe Turner uh, is coming off we'll get confirmation through because Nuneaton's Twitter I'm sure will be more on top of it, it I think it might be Cameron McWilliams that's gone off Freddy, yeah, yeah he's holding up number 2 so I think it's oh, McWilliams two. off oh, I, I saw a number 12, there you go, your eyes are better than mine I literally got that letter from Specsavers yesterday as well uh, well, I've got, I've got my glasses like on. So yeah, I've you do. Perhaps Specsavers have got a point. That letter's in the bin, though. <laughs> as the ball is cleared long uh, down the line. Tell going up for it, as is Cavan Cotter. Taken down now by Matt Stenson. And the referee says free kick for Nuneaton Borough. Milan Butterfield uh, will take it. Uh, so yeah, Balau Yafai on for Cameron McWilliams. And Nuneaton will... Drive forward, floated over the halfway line. Look for that raking switch of play. Idiokoa heads it out. Oh, wait, great header back onto the pitch. Fantastic work by one of the guys down in front of us. That's a proper defender's header. I absolutely love that. <laughs> so accurate as well. He's probably protected us in the commentary box as well. So a big mention to the guy in front of us for that header away. Throwing taken short here into 
McManus, who likes to come up from the back, onto his left foot, Cotter and Freeman putting him under pressure, and again Freeman does well, wins the ball back and punts it forward, Giuseppe will just move it wide to McManus, Turl has bombed forward, it's Cotter, sorry, both of them with similar hairdos now, and now Gleeson, oh he's tried to slip the ball into Matt Sharzy, the keeper was a long way from home as well, and again Nuneaton will counter, Hitchin looking to hold on to this 2-0 lead for the interval, and passes like that will help them do so, it's straight to Dan Emervon, and now Cotter, he can look up over the halfway line, Instead, he'll just take his time on the ball. We're into first half stoppage time. Didn't see how much was added on. Turl into Cotter again. Is it a good game? Sneelis knitting the play together. Gets it back from everyone. He can drive here into the heart of that Nuneaton midfield. Freeman turns onto his left foot. Across now to Cavan Cotter. Wide now to Daniel Emervon. Back to Cotter. Finding Sneelis. He could have a go for goal. No, he just gets it stuck under his feet. I think he was trying to play it through to Emervon, but... Maybe got caught in two minds at the end and Nuneaton can come forward through Nirenold into the midfield for Lita. Dropping in on the turn and finding uh, the number 10, year five. Played down the left cross. Coming in from Charles Lita. Oh, he's fluffed it over the crossbar. He's not quite been his first half. No, and it's, it's a very uncharacteristic finish again from Leroy Lita. It's a golden opportunity. Really had acres of space and time to take it down as well, but... For whatever reason, went for it first time, leant back and spooned it over the top. A really couple of let-offs afforded the way of Hitchin, mainly by Leroy Leeton. Nuneaton have had their chances in this first half, they really have. Hitchin not always rock solid at the back, but certainly better than they, they have been. Shout out to Steve Barker, the Hitchin grounds who said 3G pitches are dreadful for injuries, are only good for getting money in. Long live real grass and he's part of that brilliant grounds team at Hitchin, isn't he, Steve Barker? But, and you can see he's going to defend his corner on there, isn't he, the Hitchin groundsman. But you can see the benefits of these 3G pitches and especially when the weather takes a turn for the worse as well and you know the games are going to be on. I mean, you look at the amount of games that have been called off this weekend because mm. of Storm Henk, some grounds even being flooded to the brim. But no, fair play to, well... Everybody here at Barwell for getting this artificial setup. They had to play mm. a lot of away they games did. on the spin, didn't they? I think it was 18 in total yeah, while they were did, setting this up. Did, did hamper them, but they did okay. Uh, shout out to uh, Beck, who said it could be worse. You could have your derby and all four strikers injured. Yeah, the number nine derby. Don't know if that's on the radio. If it is, do listen in. And if you can get there, I don't know what the tickets are doing as the offside flag goes up, but what an occasion that is. It, it should be on any non-league fans' bucket list getting to that number nine derby. Oh, it's a fantastic derby. It really, really... Passionate set of fans over there. Second, of course, to Kettering v Rushton. But no, it is a wonderful derby. Re really, two, two well-supported clubs. Two very big clubs in their own right. Shout out to the Sneelis clan listening in. Said, I can't believe that Jack hasn't got his gloves on. Yeah, well, if I'm not quite feeling the cold, then he's not as well. So, but yeah, it is changing. He is a short sleeves and gloves kind of man. Where can I sign up to the Sneelis clan? <laughs> yeah, perhaps... Uh, drop Joseph a tweet, Sneelis Clan. I think he's in it already. He's actually started it. Oh, yeah, I, I, I led the charge. <laughs> I think I'll look to join as well as he throws the ball down here for uh, the goalkeeper, Dan Joseph. We're still deep into first half stoppage time. The referee just telling Joseph to go back to where the lines have indicated that offside. Quite into the first half now after that Leroy Lita chance that was fluffed over the crossbar. Free kick taken quickly into Casey Butterfield. Goes back to his defender. Across now over to the right-hand side. Nice little neat turn from Kane Richards. Gets around Dan Emervon. Can't keep the ball in play. Told as well to avoid colliding heavily of those advertising hoardings as well. As Emervon can take it forward after Tull kept the ball in. Sneelis. Freeman 
caught in the, on the left-hand side. Did really well to get the ball from under his feet into Emmeron. He keeps going. Might take a shot on here. Daniel Emmeron does it straight. And Daniel Giuseppe, who spilt it, but was able to pick up the rebound. Yeah, great drive and run forward. Nobody in a blue shirt even thought to mm. close him down. It was a decent effort in the end. It just swerved in front of the keeper and he was forced to pat it down before picking it up at the second attempt. Over the top here, taken down by Lita. Everton was ID net, HTFC Radio Man of the Match Saturdays. Played even better here tonight. Scoring, he's been a real talisman coming forward. Only after that forced change where Lane had to come off as well. Seeing him move over to left back, Dan Embervon. Fairly recent arrival, a few months ago now from Wingate and Finchley. Another left-back added to the squad as well for Hitchin recently in the form of Ryan Sellers, also on dual registration from Wingate. Nuneaton still working it forward and added on time. And a cross now to the left-hand side for Jaden Charles. Nuneaton nil, Hitchin 2 at Kirkby Road. Flick down the left for Nuneaton. Syme can scrape that clearance forward. Out from under his feet. Nuneaton keeping possession at the back still through Lefaniel Rowe-Turner. Uh, back to him now. Looking for that long ball over the top and McManus will find it. Looking forward, it was uh, near an old up from the back. It will drop a long way out. The shouts are for shoot from a few optimistic supporters. Richards might gets that cross in. And again, his radar's just been slightly off today and Kai Tulder's really well. Comes across, moving forward. He's then brought down. That's some excellent play by Turley. He's a real scrapper, isn't he? Does really well to win that free kick in front of us. Yeah, good work trying to lead Hitchin forward on a counter-attack, but he'll certainly take the foul. It just allows Hitchin to consume a few more seconds as we head towards half-time. Yeah, Tell doing really well there. Charlie Hall look forward to that coming up for it. Daniel Emmervon, Hitchin's second goal scorer, will take the free kick. Floated forward down the left-hand side. Taken down by a non-eaten defender, unconvincingly. Sneelis was putting the pressure on, taken down by Gleason. Ball bounces up, just hits it on the head. Wide to Emmervon. Turl keeps it in play, digs out a ball forward. Looking for Matt Sharzy, cleared away strongly by a non-eaten man. Now taken down by Cavan Cotter. Goes wide to Bell. Hitchin continuing to play some nice football here. Whenever they're on the ball, they're not always going route one looking for goal, are they? They're quite happy to just turn it over. No, they're very controlled. They're very precise in their approach. And, um, well, it's exactly what you would be at 2 like, mm. You don't need to go for it. You don't have to chase goals. Benefits you, you of playing control. on a, a good pitch as well, we should say. That debate about Astro and, mm. you know, real grass. We played on two real grass pitches. And Hitchin's much better than Royce's where we were on Boxing Day. But, you know, the, you can't have any complaints playing on a pitch like this. Slide tackle coming in now nearly breaks for Sneelis. Tackle. Strong tackle there on Bradley Bell, who was in the middle of the box. Now need to break. It's two on two briefly over the top. The flag will stay down for Matt Stenson, the top scorer. Oh, he's fallen in the box. Oh, Charlie no. Hall comes out and that will be the last act of the first half. If anything, sums things up for Nuneaton. It's that right there. So unfortunate. The ball just ran away from him and he just stumbled at the last. It's a great opportunity for Matt Stenson who was clean through 1v1 yeah. with Charlie Hallock temporarily, but yeah, that could be it. That could be a huge moment when we look back on this game. You know, an opportunity mm. for Nuneaton to pull a goal back and, uh, well, 2-1, it's a very different game coming Just in before at 2 time. Well, he's still sitting down wondering what on earth he's done wrong there. I think it's, not, it's that more than injury, and that is a, a really, really is a picture that sums things up for Nuneaton Borough. The number 10 as well, I should say, if I had only just come on, he's going to hobble off at the end of this first half. He was sat down in the halfway line, and Gleeson as well will make a, a slightly slow walk back down the tunnel. Mark Burke to go over and check with him. There's some walking wounded out there. There are, but there's a big smile on the face of Mark Burke. If you'd have offered him that first half before the game, he'd have absolutely took it. Two 
well-worked goals from Hitchin, scored by Wilkinson and Emma Vaughan. And uh, the general level of performance has been good as well. You know, they had to weather the storm a bit after mm. that opening goal, but since they got the second, they've been the team on top and uh, thoroughly deserved their 2-0 lead at the break. From top field to Telford, IDNet's brilliant broadband is keeping HDFC Radio connected. Whether it's business, home or mobile broadband, IDNet has you covered, meaning your connection won't let you down. You're onto a winner with IDNet's local broadband. Visit IDNet.com to find the perfect package for you. As always, a big thank you to our sponsors, IDNet. They're keeping us connected today with their mobile broadband that we're broadcasting off here for all of our games, both home and away this season. So it's Hitchin who lead, Finley Wilkinson in the first minute and Daniel Emmervon in the 19th minute. Both headers from excellent crosses. Gleeson assisting the first one, Bradley Bell the second. But you feel Nuneaton should at least have themselves on the score sheet. Charlie Horlock's done well, but they really have fluffed their lines in occasion. Leet has missed some good chances and Stenson really should have at least challenged Horlock, but tumbled over in the box at the end. Absolutely. I just can't get my head around, well, one, that chance right at the end for Stenson, how he just tumbled over like a, like a sack of potatoes the way that he did and then uh, that chance that uh, Lee were lead to have when the ball was squared to him from the left side of the box and he had all the room in Barwell just to you know assess the options and j just slot it home but for whatever reason he's snatched at the opportunities blazed it over the top of the bar and uh, it's just you know indicative of where Nuneaton are at the moment mm. they're, they're not in form on the pitch they're certainly not in form off the pitch either it's just not a good mm. time for them Let's talk about Rushton and Diamonds, uh, Joe. I think it's almost a conversation that you can lead, but I'll be picking <laughs> your brains because, like we were talking about off-air, you know, Hitchin fans, let's say with the exception of last season where Hitchin did get the double done over Nuneaton Borough, by no means in easy circumstances, I should say. You know, they were fairly even games between both sides. Certainly the one at top field, if I remember rightly, was Stan Georgie scoring that late winner. But, you know, a lot of Hitchin fans, very close in the memory, were... Was, you know, it was taking a long time. You know, it was last season for, for our first ever win over AFC, Rushton and, uh, and Diamonds. We've seen thrashings, we've seen heartbreaking late defeats. You know, if a Hitchin fan is, you know, only just checking on Rushton and Diamonds, a lot has happened, say, since the days of 2020, where it was all so different and Chris Ray was scoring one, two, three and four. <laughs> They're probably delighted to see the back of us now, aren't they? Um, yeah, our, our season, our, our fate didn't hinge on those hitching results did they he obviously did mm. the double over us uh, I was really disappointed with our performance at Hayden Road I thought we were really poor that night um, on a difficult pitch which yes we had a new team at the time but we had a few friendlies there over the summer I'd like to think we'd have got used to the conditions being at home hitching travelling up on the Tuesday night I was very disappointed that evening um, I was largely pleased with the game at Topfield I really was you know we were in awful form uh, we were obviously on to Richard Maxwell he was on the brink of being sacked the toxicity reached an all-time high at the football club and uh, I thought we produced a really good performance went 1-0 up Fraser Corden scored a fantastic goal and um, I, I thought we were onto something but Jack Sneeders it, it had to be him with the equaliser <laughs> didn't it and uh, I'm, I'm just glad that last one was credited to Stan Georgia in the end I don't yes. know if my heart could, could have taken a Jack Sneeders double but uh, I'm sure he would have claimed it I think we still gave him man of the match as well and look um one man Hitchin fans will be very familiar with Chris Nunn of course started the season uh, in charge we spoke to him in pre-season actually you would have heard him live on HTFC radio and I, I got the chance to interview and finally meet him at uh, Kempston Rovers and you know that you hear a lot of good things 
about him. Did he do as, as much as he could have done, you know, with what with the resources he had at Rushton and Diamonds? Because even now there'll be Rushton fans who don't really know just how much he sacrificed for that club. Chris was he, he was fantastic mm. for the football club. Well, certainly in that first um, half of, of him being there when he managed to turn our fortunes around. Yes, we obviously got relegated, but the form we went on after them, we were we were ruining other team seasons. We mm. obviously got the draw at Tamworth. We uh, took you a went point down off. in style. We did. We took a point off Leyston, stopped them winning the league, uh, beat the likes of Baseford and Stourbridge and Kings Langley as well. Mm. It, it was a really enjoyable last third to the season, and I was really hoping that you know we'd use that momentum, we'd push on going into this year. But much like last season, it's just another new squad mm. and another really young squad. So many. Young players who have dropped out professional clubs or who are on loan. Um, players from lower levels who have stepped up to prove a point. Uh, one or two ex-players returning. It's just, for whatever reason, the concoction's not worked. Mm. And um, oh, look, I, I'm, I'm, not I'm not deluded. I didn't expect us to bounce back at the first time of, of asking. I thought we'd settle in around mid-table because it's, it's a brutal league for yeah. me. If, I, honestly, you put half of those teams in step three, they'd be absolutely fine. The money that goes around in that league is mm. absolutely mind-boggling. Not in a very sustainable way. I think there's one or two clubs who have the money injected in from one or two individuals, and that's why they're where they are, quite frankly. But, you know, there are some seriously good teams in this league. Your Harbours, your Spaldings, Anthony Nomads have come up from the league below and have absolutely smashed it. Lie Town as well. Um, there's another blatantly obvious one that I can't remember <laughs> off the top of my head. Well, we but talked a lot in the summer, didn't we, about hoping, you know, if you'd go into that Southern League Division 1 Central. I said it's been the... Northern League, I finally got to a Southern League Div 1 Central game on New Year's Day and, you know, Biggles Wade FC were runners-up last year, were thrashed 6-0 by Stockfold, 4-0 down in, like, 12 minutes. You know, these leagues are so competitive. As you say, the money is filtering down. We're seeing a lot of it thrown around. I mean, Biggles Wade Town don't build up a squad like they have, you know, because the hot dogs are nice, even if they are. But, you know, there is some serious cash being thrown around Step 4, even Step 5 now. And, you know, for, for a club like Rushton and Diamonds, a Phoenix club where fans have so much of a say, it is really difficult to compete look we, we came up through the leagues we we got three promotions in the space of eight years and you know the budget wasn't that bad we you know we didn't have any mind-boggling amounts of money like Nuneaton do and like all these other clubs had um but you know we, we had more than enough to sustain ourselves at, at step three the, the problem was Andy Peaks obviously left when we least expected it mm. and then the money was then spent on things like poor recruitment um, GPS vests which are just <laughs> simply not neat and I know I've had this argument with a few people at Rush that I'm sorry GPS vests at step 3 and step 4 behave yourself you know if, if you can't see that you know if you can't see that someone's not running or is running at this level mm. there's a problem you do not need GPS vests you know they are not going to be the extra one or two percent that get you out of a league or they're, and, they're certainly not going to give you that extra one or two percent to survive in a league that's for sure it's one of those things you want to say you know <laughs> If, if you go off, I think he's at a bad game. If you say, oh, I think he's at a, a bad game and you walk back in and someone said, well, he's run more kilometres than any other player. Well, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I, how, you know, how cost-efficient is that? How really is that going to help, you know, compared to perhaps a playing budget? And I, I even look at it, you know, with Nuneaton and, and this... You know, this, of course, is something that Jimmy Ginelli offered very kindly, but they lost 7-0 away to Telford in August. He offers free drinks, coach travel and tickets for the fans who attend for the following game. 
Him as owner, that's coming out of his own pocket. Now, is that the most smart financial decision? Even though, you know, you're trying to reimburse the fans and it looks great, of course it does, and it's a great gesture. You know, it can be small things like that as much as, you know, having all these games called off and, and anything that can, you know, it all adds up, doesn't it? And it, it is so difficult at you, this level of football. You've got to cut your cloth accordingly. You know, it's nice having these gestures where you're paying for drinks and whatever, but the money all adds up mm. and... You know, they'll say, oh, you know, we're going to do, we're going to pay the, for the fans to do this and that. OK, well, how much are you, how much are you paying to do that? And is it coming as a, as a detriment to the football club? And then that's going to take away money you can use for the team. And then your team doesn't get as many results. And then you start to slide down the table. It, you know, it all snowballs into the next problem. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately at Rushton, what has essentially happened is, you know, there's been a few changes in, in management, a lot of player turnover. There's obviously been a... <coughs> Uh, like board changes as well as it has happens with every club but I think we're just not in a situation where we were well equipped to deal with that you know and you know it, it's not all the GPS fault I'm, I'm no. not, but I, I hate to stick on it but GPS vests are not going to make up the 17 points that you get relegated by mm. GPS vests aren't going to bring back the 14 points that you currently adrift by in the league below we've got to start using our well you know resources more um, accordingly and they are you know making an effort to, to try and do that but my, my point is the mistakes that have been made previously have you know have left the club in such a difficult mm. position they're so difficult to rectify it's not I don't think it's down to any one individual no um, I, I don't think that but it's just when you are you know cutting a fine cloth as we are you've, you've got to you know cut it accordingly and you know those mistakes can be the difference sometimes between divisions but it, I mean this season we, we've just not been good enough at mm. all um, on the pitch either um, I I think there's good players there um, I think there's players who can certainly play at the level mm. um, but it, again it, like I said earlier it's another really young team it's a team that lacks experience we're starting to bring a little bit more experience in now but you know the, the question marks are is it too late you know when are we going to start getting results we've, we've lost 8 on the spin we're winless in I think it's 11 games now mm. we've lost 18 out of 20 league games that's shambolic mm. we, we've just been relegated from the league above yes you know there's financial constraints I get that but to lose 18 games in 20 is, is quite frankly you know not good enough how have you found this season, you know, on a personal level? Because, of course, you know, when the team is struggling on the pitch, it impacts things off it. The fans, there's less of a, a temper, there's less of a patience. And, and sometimes that will be taken out on the volunteers, on the people who can't influence what's going on on the pitch. And we all, you know, we all experience that when the times are going difficult. Sort of no one is, no one is safe, if you like, for, for that criticism. That will be extended. The frustration of the fans will be, you know, let out. But... I'm sure, you know, Rushton is such a well-supported club that you found on the radio, you know, the fans are sticking by, your listener numbers are, are still going strong. But, of course, you've built up a lot of good relationships here in the Southern League and now you're almost going into, it's like going into a new class at school, isn't it? You don't know anyone over again. Look, I, I actually quite like the Northern League. Mm. Um, I think you get some big clubs in there. I think you get some fantastic stadiums in there. You know, there's a difference between going to Corby Town on New Year's Day than going to Kempston Rovers on New Year's Day. Uh, that, that's not, you know, no, no disrespect to the Southern League, but I think there is generally more of an interest in the Northern League, if you like. I mm. think, just to come to your point Some about... Some proper local derbies, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. Whereas yeah. you could watch Biggleswade Town, Biggleswade FC, and... 
people might not really be fussed. Well, exactly. You know, it goes yeah. on Corby Rushton and Diamonds or Corby Harborough. You know, there's proper history there. Oh, isn't absolutely. There? And I think just to come to your point about supporters, and I think this is, you know, quite damning. You mm. know, it, you speak about the toxicity and, you know, the fan rage from last season. That's changed this season to apathy. Mm. You know, people aren't actually surprised by what's going on anymore. You'd think, you know, if you were a non-Russian fan, you, you, you know, you look at, you, they've just been relegated, okay, where are they now? Bottom of the league below. Mm. That That's quite shocking for a lot of people that would look at that. But I'm not saying I'm, I'm not surprised that we're there. I am surprised that we're here. And, it, and it, it's really, really frustrating. But that frustration from the supporters is now turning into apathy. Mm. That is a problem in itself. Especially as well, you know, you look at it at Nuneaton, of course, it's Jimmy Ginelli in charge of the club, of course, not for much longer. But, you know, the supporters have really stuck by him. They've stuck by the club. They've sort of accepted that in some ways it's hands are, are ties. At, at Rushton, you know, when it's fans in charge of the club, you know, fans are frustrated. It's the, it's the people in charge who are then frustrated or it's fans turning on other fans, you know, who are in charge. And obviously the worst things get... Uh, and again, you know, we, we come back we come back to money, don't we? Because oh. it's the fans who have to, to keep Freddie, this club I, I th- alive. I think the Rushton supporters have been absolutely incredible. Yeah. What they've had to go through this last two years and what they'll likely have to go through with, uh, you know, quite mm. possibly another impending relegation this year. I think the numbers that continue to turn out at Hayden Road, the numbers that continue to listen to Radio Diamonds, the, the, the support from the fans has been nothing short of incredible and they deserve so much better than what we're getting. Yeah, we're let down by sometimes a few people who say mm. wildly stupid things on <laughs> social media, but people are entitled to their opinion. It's just about the way that you wield it. Um, but, you know, even if people do have... You, you can't you can't begrudge anyone who's got criticisms. I've got criticism. We've all, we've all got criticism. We've, we're bottom of the league that we've just been relegated into. So, you know, there are problems that need fixing without a shadow of a doubt, but... The supporters have been absolutely incredible, and, and that's the one constant that's been there all the way through. We're, we're still second for um, attendances. You know, we, we were first for the first part of the season until Corby had a run of home games. Mm. Um, and, and you know, Corby with the trajectory that they've been on prior, prior to this season should be getting the gates that they are with the facilities that they've got. So, you know, to still be getting the, the supporters coming through the gate that we are, I think, I think is incredible. Yes, they're dwindling a little bit, but they're bound to. Mm. You know, given the results and heading towards the cold weather and things like that. So. I think, as a fan base, you know, I said this to you last year, I'll say it again, we've just got to stick together and, and get behind the team. That's all we can do. You know, yes, everyone's going to have criticisms and that's absolutely fine because fundamentally the position we're in is not good enough. Mm. But we've just got to stick together and just for 90 minutes on a Saturday, get behind the lads of everything we've got. That's all we can do. One thing the fans will enjoy has been the managerial recruitment. Of course, Chris Nunn, you know, it's very difficult to, to get along with him. And now you've got a club legend in Tom Lorraine and a, a former football league player in Michael Harriman, both sort of making their first ventures into management. How have you found sort of working with them so far? Do they seem to be enjoying themselves despite the results? Two top guys. Um, obviously, I've known Tom Lorraine for a few years from his, his time as a player at Rushton. I've only got to know Michael since he started playing for Rushton in March. And obviously, he took the role on an interim basis before taking it permanently but I think what you've got there is a good blend of experience in the, in the professional game and uh, Tom Lorraine's experience in non-league his contacts in non-league um, I, th- I think that's massively important um, I think they've got a, a lot of work on their hands and you know the results will say that it's not been a good start for them it hasn't I mean no. they, they came in they had that you know caretaker bounce if you like they, they came in on an interim basis and got what was our only win of the season um, so we did get an initial injection of, of positivity. We, we, we beat Coleshill, um, which is not a result to be sniffed at. 
Um, we got a draw against Rugby. I mean, we were frustrated because we should have won that game given the positions of the two sides and how the game panned out. But, you know, it was four points from nine. It was, it was building blocks. But I think the concern now at the moment is while previously we were getting edged out in games, but I think we had like a run of four, two, one defeats in a row. We're now getting beat by three nils, four nils, uh, three ones. Mm. Okay, we've been playing some top quality teams recently, but this month we've got coming up is a massive month. You know, you look at Gresley tomorrow. We've got rugby this month as well. We start next month with uh, the next two teams up from there, which is Cambridge City and uh, Coventry Sphinx. So, you know, massive, massive month ahead for us. JLR Auto Care, the one-stop auto shop to keep you on the road. Friendly, knowledgeable staff are here to help. Call us now on 01462 420999, the emergency service for your car. Visit us at units 8 to 9, Wilbury Court, Wilbury Way, Hitchin, keeping it local. Just about to get back underway for the second half. Three FA Cup games tonight. Brentford 1, Wolves 1, Fulham 1, Rotherham United 0, Tottenham 0, Burnley 0. It's amazing which games get for, picked for TV and which ones get left behind. It really is. I'm at Watford Chesterfield tomorrow and I still don't know how you know the likes of Palace versus Everton has been televised and not that. That's a, a Saturday 3 o'clock. Uh, which means less of an early rise for me to be fair and it means I'm able to cover both of these as well. We're going to see another change. Uh, we had three in the first half. We're going to have another one at half time. Hitchin emerged first uh, out of the tunnel, leading by two goals to nil. They'll kick from left to right uh, in this second half. Looking for another win here at Kirkby Road. Not against Barwell, though, this time against uh, Nuneaton Borough. Uh, we will say who see who makes the switch now. It's going to be the number uh, 11 coming off. And now the board has gone blank and I being think it's 11 upside on. down. 11 uh, on. Uh, Prince Mancinelli on. And uh, number 10 off, which might well be Bilal Yafai, who did look like he was limping at the end of that first half. And that is one thing to certainly keep an eye on. We'll see what uh, Nutton Eaton have to say in a minute. But I think that might have been Yafai who came on and off. Uh, so we're seeing four substitutions by the start of the second half, which is quite remarkable. So injury woes only adding for both teams. Nuneaton coming forward now on the short drag just wide of the post. It was from Casey Butterfield. Charlie Hall, I could think, would have been okay, but a great start. Yeah, positive run to kickstart the second half. Butterfield carving through that hitching back line before dragging the effort just wide. Decent opportunity there, perhaps caught a bit cold. Nuneaton do have some 17-year-olds, Luke Kirtland and Beau Friel. Of course, if you're a darts fan, as I know, Joe, you are, <laughs> there'd be no doubt about what some of the kids can do in these sports anymore. It's incredible, isn't mm. it? And it, I think what Luke Little has done has, has just opened a, an entire new audience to the sport. Absolutely. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, really enjoyed watching that. And as they come forward now, of none eaten again. Everyone trying to see it behind. The referee blows his whistle for a, a free kick. Going Hitchens way. Saw James Madison was there at the darts. Got a rendition of Tottenham get battered from I just, I just all of the darts fans. The spectacle as a whole is, is fantastic. You know, mm. yes, everyone goes on about Luke Little, but you have to spare a mention for Luke Humphreys. You know, the, the last 12 months he's had from not even being in the Premier League to becoming world number one and winning the world, uh, the world championships is unbelievable. Mm. Considering where he was with his mental health and everything else, it's an incredible story for him. Um, and some crazy results so many of the big hitters going out early on as well it's been one of the best possibly the best world championships yeah Horlock over the top and yeah, even looking back to last year that incredible final as well didn't we Michael Smith of Stourbridge who I'm sure Beck would have been roaring on in that final but yeah it is, it is great to 
have it of darts on the TV. Michael Smith was actually at Hayden Road. I think it was literally the day before for mm. Rushton v Stourbridge, and uh, I, I, everyone had been meeting him that day and taking pictures of him. He, he had that sort of look mm. on his face that he didn't really want to, so I, I let him be. A few people putting Luke Littler's defeat down to the fact he was at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium <laughs> not long ago. <laughs> And Hitchin'll have a free kick here. They, of course, open the scoring for running the first half. Did he not have a picture with uh, Rice? He and did, yeah, well? Rice and Ramsdale, That's two big fans. So, yeah, he's keeping himself friendly, isn't he? And, and rightly so. Two gone in the second half. Hitchin 2, Nuneaton 0 at the home of Barwell FC here in Leicestershire. About nine miles, as I say, from Nuneaton. And still a, a good crowd here. Plenty of neutrals, but the majority Nuneaton fans. Hitchin have travelled well once again for some Friday night football. Free kick floated in by Gleeson. Sign gets ahead to it. It's not flicked on. More up. Cleared away. Georgie will step up from the back. Punts over the top. Matt Sharzy running onto it. Emma Vong making ground down the left-hand side. And he'll force a clearance up into the air. Kept in play well over on the right-hand side as Nuneaton tried to come forward. You're listening to HTFC Radio. Freddie Cardi and Joseph McCormack of Radio Diamonds. As we said, you can listen to Rushton and Diamonds' big game down the bottom of the table against Gresley Rovers. Uh, three o'clock kickoff tomorrow afternoon on Radio Diamonds. You Hopefully, just it survives the pitch. Search for that. Yeah, fingers crossed as Syme clears away. Forward now, looking for Matt Sharzy. If you missed any of this commentary or you wish to catch up, you can listen back to it on the Canary Club podcast. That will be up hopefully later tonight. Here's Bell. Nice little spin away from his man. Across now into Emavon, who again is being afforded so much space by these Nuneaton players. This time he almost picks up a spot in the middle of midfield. Back to Gleeson. Now he's back in his left wing back role, Emavon. Finding Turl. Very little pressure on the ball from Nuneaton. Camp behind... Uh, the, behind the ball, Emavon running onto it is flagged offside anyway. But for a, a side chasing the game, there's not really much of a willingness to, to go and win the ball back. They had that little spark at the start of the second period, didn't they? But since then, in these last few minutes, it's been all hitching, just controlling the tempo. I'm sure that would have been the message from Mark Burke. Just manage this game now. You're in a really good position. 49 gone. Now need to trail him by two goals to nil, and they concede a free kick here. Uh, up against Stan Georgiou. Gets a few verbals from the man who brought him down as well. Jaden Charles began his career at uh, Derby County. His dad, Gary, actually played right back for England. Gary Charles, as well as the likes of Aston Villa, Nottingham Forest and Derby. Gary Charles played under Brian Clough and Jaden played under Nigel when he was at Mansfield. Gary, a former Nuneaton manager as well in 2018. Charles did open the scoring in Nuneaton's only ever win against Hitchin as well in April of 2022. I almost said last year, but <laughs> time is flying at the moment. Happy New Year to all of our listeners as well, I should say. Hope you enjoyed the celebrations, even if Hitchin's game against Berkhamsted perhaps didn't end the year as we'd have liked. We started last year with a 3-0 defeat away to Needham Market, so Hitchin will be looking to start this calendar year in much better circumstances in that first half of 2024. First half of the first game, couldn't have got off to a better start, Joe. Absolutely, just 54 seconds on the clock, wasn't it? Brilliant header from Finney Wilkinson to guide it into the top corner across the goalkeeper. And then a lovely finish from Daniel Emavon, who's looked a revelation since moving out to the left wing back. Free kick here on Kai Tell. You will be choosing this evening's IDNet HCFC Radio Man of the Match. We'll, of course, interview whoever wins that, as well as manager Mark Burke. That will be up on social media uh, later this evening. It's a much... Well, not easy decision. There's a lot more contenders this time mm. to the last time when Hitchin played Barwell. That was a chore. Here is Charlie Horlock. It has been the last couple of games, I can tell you that. Wide to Emavon. Lovely control. He is being afforded so much space. He wins another throw in here. He'll certainly be in contention after winning it on Saturday as well. 
Funny when you tell a player they've won it after a defeat, they always go, "Really?" <laughs> you know, they almost think they don't, they don't deserve to do it. But I, I was saying to Marit the other day that there really is plaudits to be taken in being named your side's best player. You know, when when things haven't gone well on the pitch. Absolutely, yeah. It shows that character, that resilience, that determination to try and haul your side back in it, and uh, that's what Hitchin have in. Uh, nice football here, Matt Shazi gets down the right hand side, but McManus, all his experience, clears the ball away down the left. It was lovely interchange by Cotter, Bell, and I think Georgiou as well. And when they keep the ball down and play Hitchin, we know they're one of the best teams in the division to, you know, when they when they find full flow. It's just been a case in recent weeks of not being able to do it. Yeah, and they, they pop the ball around really nicely. And it comes back to what I was saying about having an identity. Mark Burke has obviously been here for a number of years. He's always had that philosophy in mind of building a Hitchin team that play good football, that excite the fans that are on the front foot. And that's exactly what they've been this evening. Shout out to Peter Sinfield. Says, so good to listen to the first half of your commentary as I drove back from my wife's birthday meal. Happy birthday, Mrs. Sinfield. And now home to listen to the second half. Sure, it's just what she, she'd have liked for her birthday. She's a Hitchin <laughs> fan. She'll be loving it. Going to be a free kick here for Nuneaton Borough. Kyle Storer to take. The man who will replace Jimmy Janelli as manager following tonight's game. Their next game, a trip to St. Ives next Saturday so they do have a bit of time to sort things out on that front floated in headed back across goal cleared away by Kevin Cotter again it was the top scorer Stenson in there Hitchin looked to break and Butterfield is back there to cut the ball out the tall almost gangly figure if you like of Casey Melan Butterfield goes all the way back to the goalkeeper can't, I can't be calling people gangly but you know, <laughs> may, maybe I can maybe that makes it okay Emma Von looking for the header away taken down by uh, Victor Nirenold played through now one on one Charlie Horlock is ever quick off his line and scoops the ball into his arms it's a lovely slide rule passing behind searching for the run of Leroy Lita but as you say Horlock there alert to the situation quick out of his six yard area to pounce onto that ball 53 gone none need to nil Hitchin two Sneelis Hitchin still continuing really to control this game limiting none to, to albeit some very decent chances the Sneelis tries to slip through Emmervon He's being given a lot of space as well, isn't he, Jack Sneelis? And you don't want to do that. No, he's one of those players that likes to sort of drop in between the lines mm. and just string things together between midfield and attack. And, and he's had a good evening. Freeman up to Matt Sharzy, back to goals. So he'll go back to Gleeson. That's been the order of play for a lot of today's game. Now Emmervon looking to find Sneelis. But back there is uh, Prince Mancinelli, the half-time substitute. If you did miss that first half as well, Hitchin did have to substitute Lane Eady and then Finley Wilkinson, both going off due to injury. Nunnington lost Cameron McWilliams. He was replaced by Bilal Yafai, who was then in turn replaced at half-time by Prince Mancinelli. So there have been some real injury concerns for both of these teams. Was the Bilal Yafai that player who had the head injury in top field? Yes, indeed. Playing for Tamworth a couple of years ago. Uh, signed, actually, for Nunnington from Tamworth in 2022. Yeah, the match was abandoned. Shouldn't forget as well, there was a cause for concern for Gleeson in that first half. He was down for mm. quite an extended period of time and, and that just added to the to the stoppage time at the end of the half. Georgie pumping the ball long. That will only challenge the advertising boards down in front of us. Great listener numbers again. Thank you to, to all who've tuned in. Our next commentary on Tuesday. First one we've done. We've had seen the place in Auburn's a lot. It's the first time they've actually given us permission to commentate. So we're looking forward to that. Finally being given the keys to the press box at Clarence Park. It's St Auburn's against Hitchin Town. Round two of the Hearts Senior Cup. It'll be myself back alongside Marek Alionic. And you can tune in from 7.30pm. The winner will host either Potter's Bar or Stevenage in the quarterfinals. Hitchin beat both of the, those teams in last year's competition on their run to the final 
where they, of course, lost to uh, Burke Hampstead. So the Canaries, they do like the Hearts Senior Cup, and I'm sure they'll be taking it seriously. St Albans knocked them out of the Charity Cup only last month as well. So make sure you tune into that one uh, on Tuesday night. Wide here to Emavon. Nice ground is Clarence Park, one of those older ones as well, St Albans. Here come Nuneaton down the right-hand side. It's played into Butterfield in the middle. Simon's been caught out of defence. Butterfield across Delita on the left side of the penalty area. Onto his left foot. Great sliding tackle by Kai Turl. And Brad Bell can bring the ball away, smashing it clear in the end. Turl's been excellent. He has, but I was really impressed as well with Hitchin's ability to pick up the second ball. You know, Mark Burke was critical of their, you know, ability to do the fundamentals recently. Mm. But they've done that tonight, they've, especially in the second half. They've landed on... All the firsts and all the seconds that have dropped in their half. Yeah, he said they'll be looking to turn over a new leaf for the new year. A bit of a resolution and we've certainly seen that come to fruition here this evening. Back to the goalkeeper, Daniel Joseph here. Nuneaton to go long over the top. Joseph now across to his right back. He will drive forward. Cross into the middle of the park. Man goes down. Referee says play on. Turl now. Works wide for a Nuneaton throwing. Those Nuneaton fans, to their credit, again in great voice. They are. You know, it's really troubled times for their club at the moment, but you, you can't knock their efforts at all. They're getting behind their team. They've even moved the drum away from the press row, which they I'll have. be very grateful Thank for. Thank goodness. Yeah, that was really splitting the eardrums. They were literally a few yards away to my right. As we say, it's easy to forget. This is Jimmy Janelli's last game of what has been something of an era at his hometown club. Nuneaton Barra taking them to the playoff final last season as you say after a rather mediocre season the year before it was a, a notable achievement and losing on penalties they were just a couple of kicks away from playing National League North football flicked on into the box here they're certainly not done in this game yet and they have a goal back I think it's Leroy Lita Hitchin were never going to keep him out of the game Joseph McCormack and this time he was alive to the loose ball Nuneaton 1 Hitchin 2 You can't give him too many opportunities because that is exactly what he does it's a clinical finish from Leroy Lita Hitchin just couldn't clear their lines for the long throw there were a few sliced clearances but they just weren't able to hack it away mm. Leroy Lita joining on the spot slams it in we've got a game on There is life yet in this game in Jimmy Janelli's farewell here at Nuneaton Borough he will not want to go out with a whimper and I don't think he's going to because Nuneaton are back in the game. Who else but uh, Leroy Lita scoring his 11th goal of the season in all competitions. So Jackson Ellis will kick us off then after that goal. As you say, long throwing coming in, loose ball and Lita rifling it into the bottom corner. And this is a real test now of Hitchens' mentality as Gleason floats the ball down the right-hand side. It's a Hitchens team that won just once in December. They've been up against it, losing to struggling Burkhamstead and also Royston. They had such a dream first half here and they do not want to throw that away. Here's Bell. Can they fight back into the box? Playing across to Matt Shaws. He wonder if Bell could have gone alone. It wasn't his weaker left foot. Back to Emavon. Shuffles the ball into Stephen Gleeson. Prods it forward and headed away. Might drop for Cotter. It will for uh, Gleeson in the end coming across. Just being nudged off the ball by Butterfield. Georgie clearing forward off the back of Casey Butterfield and out for a throw-in. Tough now for Hitchin. I think it's a positive of Hitchin's, you know, setup. And I've, I've spoken about their shift in mentality a lot. I look at that, that game against Hales Owen where they face so much adversity. You know, the goal back, the penalty in front of a raucous home crowd. But they, they dealt with the pressure admirably and they've got to do it again. Nuneaton 1, Hitchin 2. They come forward again down that side. And it will be a 
throw in for Nuneaton Borough. Half an hour left in this game. Just over that, in fact. And the ball taken into Lita. He's played quite deep, actually, for a lot of this game. He finds Butterfield. He's starting to stamp his mark on the game. Forward into Lita again. Back to goal. Finding Butterfield. Score the equaliser against Leamington on New Year's Day. That's a pot shot. It's beaten the fence and gone on the top of the bowling club and far behind out into the darkness. I think he was well within his rights to have a go there. there. There weren't really many other options on. There weren't any wide passes available or passes in between because Hitchin was sitting very deep and denying the space. So the effort was there, but it wasn't a great one, was it? He's drilled it well over the top. Now we're gone. We'll look up and over the top. I will get some of those quotes from Jimmy Ginelli's Rather eyebrow-raising interview on BBC CWR. Said they are golden. No income at all and the sponsors haven't got anything to be sponsored. Although I'm very, very good at commercial, I simply can't get blood out of a stone. Says he hasn't been paid himself for five or six months. He does it all for nothing. Also said that, uh, about his choice to step away, Jesus did it for his disciples and I'll do it for the sake of the football club. I'll put myself on the cross and hopefully only one person suffers. So my Friday night was spent listening to Jimmy Ginelli compare himself to Jesus, which I wasn't quite expecting. They probably haven't had that on BBC CWR on a, a Thursday afternoon for a while. But there you go. It um, gives us quotes to work with. You'd be surprised how many managers aren't paid at this level, though. It, mm. It's not like... And I think with him being owner as well, he's pumping the money in. So Absolutely. it's... Almost I'm sure he won't obvious. mind me saying Chris Nunn wasn't paid mm. at Rushton. Just done it for the love of the game. Mm. And that's what this level's about. And he, yeah, and Ginelli has continued to do so. You know, he did speak on the radio, you know, quite emotionally about how it, it has been a dream job for him. And he's, you know, he's sad it's going to work out in this way. He did refer to himself in the third person an awful lot throughout the interview. A little yeah. Slatan ibrahimovic -esque. And he was listening to that. He was thinking, you know, is there some kind of legal jargon going on there? You know, if you're referring to yourself like that, when obviously you've got the financial situation there is, or is it, you know, a little bit vain? You know, God complex. It is, yes, or a bit Zlatan Ibrahimovic, but he's allowed to do it. Uh, here's Charlie Hall <laughs> with the goal kick. 59 to go here at Kirkby Road. We do have a game in our hands and we, we expected one. We never thought Nuneaton would go down without a real fight here. And they've got back into the game through Leroy Lita and the ever-present in their side. There's just a few cracks appearing in, in Hitchin's game and there's mm. another little overhit pass there from John Freeman and you just wonder if they're starting to feel the nerves a little bit mm. that momentum is just shifting in Dunedin's favour the players missing now for the second half as well it is remarkable Noe Diakoa Guvea Barker Jones as Dunedin trying to ring the trap yeah Wilkinson as well you know there's some there's some massive players missing out after Wilkinson and Edie have gone off you know, Idiot Curry is on the bench. We're not sure if he's going to be able to be fit enough to get a run out. But it is a hitching squad. A lot of these players are not first choice, you know, starters. A lot of them haven't been playing regular football. Many are still coming back from knocks and little injuries as well. So this would be a massive result. I think Mike Burke was eyeing up a draw here and he saw anything else as a bonus. But you know what? When you actually... Ball goes that. around past uh, Stan Georgie, Bradley Bell mopping up well. Yeah, Mark Burke will love this kind yeah, of situation because he he's able to put some of his fringe players out there and, t and tell them, go and play for a place in this mm. squad. And, you know, it's up to them now. He likes got being to go and back show against the ball. And I think that's why Hitchens away for has been so good this season because it is a different challenge. Picked up 19 points away compared to 18 at home. Six away wins compared to five at top field. That is in the league. Headed away here. Taken down by Bell. Man goes down on the edge of the box very softly and... It's all the way back to Mancinelli on the halfway line. Forward, cleared by Bell, straight off the back of John Freeman. But it's a great ball by this back up to Matt Shars. He tries to knock it on. Sneelis is looking a little leggy, but he's going to have to keep on trying out there because there's still a long way to go in this game of football. Absolutely. And now that we're back to a one-goal deficit, we are, you know, one 
moment away from the result changing in this game. So Hitchin really needs to stay switched on. Yeah, Nuneaton 1, Hitchin 2 now at Kirkby Road. Wide across to uh, Jade and Charles. Charles now across into the middle of the park. Nuneaton continuing to build. They've gone almost back to the halfway line, but it'll be floated in from deep by Victor Nero. Oh, it's a good cross headed in. Oh, it's in the post. Will the rebound fall? It won't. Bradley Bell can clear. Hitchin is suddenly all over the place, and Gleason trying to work the ball forward. Not sure we got the final touch there. Bell now, Sneelis. Hitchin can break all of a sudden. Slide tackle coming in, late one, but he's won the ball, and there's no complaints from Sinelis as well. A massive let-off for the Canaries. Yeah, lovely ball in from the right-hand side. A carbon copy of that first hitching goal. I think it was Leroy Leeds climbing mm. up for the header. Steered it goal-bound. It's just struck off the base of the post, and Hitchin were able to follow up. Hitchin coming into this game after back-to-back -back defeats. Nuneaton winless in their last four in the league. They did beat Boldmere St. Michael's in the Birmingham Senior Cup. They have done well in their cup competitions. The exception of the FA Cup losing to uh, lower league Carlton Town, who then, they then beat in the trophy. That will not be a penalty on the Nuneaton man. Some very, very tame appeals there uh, from Kane Richards. It'll be a corner kick instead. It was Leiter. I've had confirmation who had that header hitting the post. So Hitchin living very dangerously. They are indeed. Nuneaton have piled on the pressure in this last 10 minutes or so. Will this Hitchin defence stand firm? This clock now ticking very slowly for these Hitchin fans. 26 minutes to go. At Kirkby Road, it'll be an in-swinging corner. Everyone really up in the uh, six-yard box for Nuneaton. Dug out towards the back post, just over here. It'll come back in, though. And in the end, it's Jack Sneelis who will clear away. Now Freeman, oh, it's a poor ball. He's not had the greatest a second half. Trying to find Kevin Cotter. And Nuneaton again can float the ball over the top through Stora. Wide and headed back down into play. Sign was there, and then it, this time it is smashed clear by Kai Turl, who's a good man for a crisis. And it's just going to roll out. They're going to keep it in play. But Matt Sharsi, quite a lone role now of doing that running in behind. Yeah, and it looks like it's going to have to be that way. Hitchin are going to have to get bodies behind the ball. And again, try and deny the spaces as, as often as they can. You know, coming away from home is a completely different kettle of fish. I guess it, especially against a, a good Nuneaton side. Yeah, John Freeman continuing to work. I'm interested to see what Mark Burke thinks of his display. That's a pass back to Giuseppe. That a little wayward. Was almost intercepted there by... Matt Sharzy, but even if he doesn't grab himself a goal today, Matt Sharzy, he did score that brace against St Ives. It's all about the running, it's all about putting the pressure on. That's a strange decision, a little flick by Niranol down the line, straight into the hitch and dugout for a, a throw-in for the Canaries and a chance for them just to take a few seconds, even though there's a long time to go. Emma Vaughan just ushered back by the referee. Nuneaton one, hitch and two in Jimmy Ginelli's final game in charge of the Borough playing at their fifth home ground of the year. And they'll have to find a sixth unless they can return to Liberty Way because their sort of lease here ends in March. Early on as well. Here's Bell. Now Sneelis on the turn, trying to work his way through. Still might. He ends up on the deck, though, falling over. And that was a real shame because that first defender he beat, he looked like he was through. I think he just went for the nutmeg, didn't he? He was trying to scoop it through the defender, but he stood firm to the challenge. Turl just pulling his man back there inside the non-eaten half. The linesman vigorously... Waving his flag. The free kick will be taken right on the halfway line. And uh, a chance for those Nuneaton players to go forward again. Listening to HTFC Radio. Full coverage of Nuneaton Borough against Hitchin Town. As they say, we've got commentary of the next couple of Hitchin games. St Albans in the Hart Senior Cup away on Tuesday. And then Long Eaton at home. An absolute must win, really. That 
with their struggles pumped into the box and claimed easily by Charlie Horlock. He'll go down on the ball as well. Charlie Horlock has been booked and only in the 34th minute as well for time wasting. So we'll have to be a little careful. It just presents another challenge for Hitchin, mm. doesn't it? And they've only got one substitution left that they can make. So Mark Burke has really got to navigate Hitchin's way through this now. Only player to be booked so far uh, is Charlie Horlock, who of course has a, a goal to his name this season. As I don't think anyone will ever hear the end of. It's his second booking uh, of the campaign. That goal and penalty save away at Helzo in where the man on the ball now, John Freeman, wrapped that game up with an excellent brace towards the end. I don't think it's a commentary we'll ever hear the end of as well. No, the Hellzone fans will be hearing that in their sleep. I get quoted to it by my mates quite a lot. The, the goalkeeper <laughs> has beaten his opposite number as that line is yeah, going to be an immortal made of Charlie Horlock? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He, he, yeah, he has done some incredible things, Charlie Horlock and Emmervon. Down the left-hand side, straight to the Nuneaton man. And there's tired legs out there. Of course, they trained, don't they? they usually train on Thursday, so they weren't able to do that this week. They pushed that back to Tuesday evening at the Bulldog Arena. So this different change of fixture. Nuneaton are mostly going to play Sundays and Fridays uh, here at Barwell, as I say, which will be a, a groundhopper's dream, I'm sure. There's a scuffed ball, and Hitchin will have themselves a corner in front of those... 15 or so travelling fans all from just a little deflection and you never know this is a great chance for the Canaries to get some bodies forward yeah it's a set piece that's come completely out of nothing a lapse in concentration there from a Nuneaton man who's sliced it behind under no real pressure in truth and suddenly Hitchin have a chance to restore that two goal buffer mm. message in from Jill and Davis Freddie do you think that Hitchin could compete in the National League South if promoted well uh, get back to that. I think that's a long way off, to be honest, as the ball is floated in over the head of Sign Bell was arriving. It's headed away. It'll be out for a hitch and throw in. Uh, tough to call, isn't it, Joe? I, because I, I don't I, think I, you're going to the south. I, that's the worry for me because that's a whole different ball game. If you go into the National League North, you know, competing at step two is one thing. That you know, that completely transforms the club as Emerson goes down and wins himself a free kick. And you know, to be quite honest, I think playoffs are a, a nice, you know, outside ambition to have, but. As I put to Mark Burke, if you're going to be losing to teams like Burke, Hampstead and Royston in quick succession and not quite playing your football, there are too many good teams in this league and look, this win will keep them seventh. It will move them you know, two points closer to the, you know, behind the playoffs. But you look at the teams in there, Leamington, Telford, Mickelover at the top, you know, Redditch are doing well, Needham flying as well. I just think that'll be too much to ask this season. But, you know, it's been really good. The, the improvements have been clear to see, but it's just been a real shame about the home form. It's been a real surprise to me because, you know, if you turn around some of these results at home, it would be up there in the playoffs. Free kick here then, two stand over it. It's on the left-hand side. Almost in line with that six-yard box. Emavon shies away from it. Gleason floating it in. Oh, it's hit the post. Oh, it won't be followed in as well. Lita was back there to clear away. All of the hitching players static. There was no one following it in. I think most people in the ground thought that was 3-1. It was a beautiful bending effort. Just inches you away from that top corner. You could tell he was going for goal as well, Steve Gleason. There's something about him and these cheeky set-piece goals. We saw it at a stop fold from the halfway line in pre-season. So both sides hitting the post in quick succession. Throw and taken by Emavon. Back to Gleason. Such a wily old character, isn't he? It's so important to have that experience in your team. But I mean, experience is one thing, but you've got to have character as well. Mm. And uh, he's got both of those things. Obviously, he had a fantastic professional career and he's, you know, a real key cog in this hitch inside. Here's Sneelis. He can drive at the heart of the Nuneaton defence here. Just can't get the ball back from Matt Sharzy. Those two still finding... 
their wavelength between the two and now Nuneaton can drive forward Charles over the halfway line he's got Stenson pointing where he wants the ball it's a little bit further wide than perhaps where Matt Stenson had imagined drawing up that plan but he can dr drive into the edge of the penalty area zipping the ball across now to Nirenold up from the back floating the ball in and it's gone past everyone including that man Stenson at the back post and behind for a Nuneaton corner still a game that's end to end 20 minutes to go Nuneaton one Hitchin two yeah he really couldn't call it at the moment you be a brave man to bet on this one that's for sure corner ball then for Nuneaton tenants here at the moment ground sharing with Barwell floated in again towards the back post cleared away by Hitchin man it will drop for uh, Richards tries to go wide, it's just kept in play by Scott McManus, the captain. Back to Richards down the right-hand side, engages with Cavan Cotter, goes one way, then the other, floats across in. Charlie Horlock again will claim and go down on the floor. But again, remembers he's got that yellow card hanging over his head, so he'll have to get on with it quickly enough. But that's well managed by Hitchin. It's all about gamesmanship, isn't it, mm. now? Pushing the rules to the limit. Charlie Horlock, he's an experienced campaigner. He knows oh. exactly what to do and how long to do it mm. for. Great control there from Bradley Bell. It looked like Horlock had scuffed that kick out of his hands, but Bell was back, nipping back over the halfway line to take the ball down beautifully on that right foot. Six goals for him this season. Brad Bell, former Barton Rovers man, really enjoying his football. A popular character around the squad, as so many of these players are, really. There's... It's not anyone you look at out there and you think you couldn't have, have a beer with them. I'm sure it's very similar at Rushton. <laughs> well, at Rushton, it's whether ours are old enough That to. is also true. Yeah, that Kempston game that we did in pre-season, we were the only people in the clubhouse along with Josh <laughs> Mollison, who he certainly likes a beer, but everyone else was too young. Stan Georgie doesn't drink. It was, in fact, my first legal pint. Well, I should actually just say first pint. <laughs> For legal reasons. That, that was here. That was here last year. Matt Shazi delivering the ball in, but hitching behind for another corner, <laughs> moving swiftly on. <laughs> I mean, you can have it legally, of course, at the age of 16, if you're in, if you're eating with your parents, can't you? You're trying to justify it <laughs> I know, know my rights, but to be fair, until I was really 18, I never showed any interest in a beer, but after beating Barwell in sweltering conditions, I needed one on the opening day of last You're not season. a non-league fan no. if you don't like a beer, it's as yeah. simple as that. More of a cider man, so we'll see what Barwell have got to offer because their clubhouse isn't actually part of Kirkby Road, the oh, ground itself. It's just down the road. Here is Gleason looking for Toby Syme, who was up there. McManus the ball flying back towards goal. Hitchin have another corner, and this will just continue to wind down that clock. 17 to go. Yeah, Hitchin just starting to crank up the pressure themselves. Now both teams taking turns to threaten the opposition. It's been a really good game of football. Yeah, really enjoying commentating on this one alongside yourself Joe good to see you again no it's great to link up because obviously we were both on our respective journeys doing our own thing now so it's great to catch up again Gleeson in strong header away yeah, in different divisions now and Gleeson will float another ball in I'm promoted and relegated in the same season yeah <laughs> and uh, Derby County will quickly touch on that you, you've not got too many games in this year haven't you because I've been there for uni and I haven't been able to, to meet you there for a for a while um, but how's that been going oh it's been fantastic to be fair considering where I'm based I've, I've been able to get quite a few matches in I've travelled up there quite a lot uh, the setup is fantastic um, the, the, the equipment is all quite different to what we do with Radio Diamonds but fundamentally it's it's all the same you know me I'm a commentator just in my element when I'm up there and uh, mm. I was a bit nervous the first couple of times as you would be in front of you know yeah. 25 odd thousand fans but you know the experience has been absolutely amazing and, it, and I work with such a brilliant team as well mm. headed away here by Kai Tal which shows you never know when that next opportunity is around the corner and it shows that you know if you're doing the right things and 
you never know who might be listening in. And you applied yourself very, very tirelessly for years, and I'm really pleased you've had that opportunity come up, and hopefully we'll be get a game there together soon as Nuneaton come forward here. 15th for Jan, Burton Albion, get it in the diary. I'll still be here, unfortunately. Oh. And if I if I could be bothered to go up to Redditch United, <laughs> then I'd be commentating there. But yeah, I don't think I'm it's a Monday night, to, though. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be allowed to go up there oh. on a, a Monday night. I've got people staying over at my place for the next few weeks. We've got three games in four days. Oh, excellent, yeah. Saturday, Monday, Tuesday. I've loved it. Got to Stopfold, New Year's Day, here tonight. Watford, Chesterfield tomorrow. St Albans, Tuesday. Long, uh, Hitchin Long Eater next Saturday, Arsenal Woman Watford next Sunday. I will say as well, I was able to talk to uh, Watford Woman manager Damon Laffrey, who of course still plays a little role in Hitchin's academy. Uh, was very, very pivotal, has been for a few years and in the youth system at Hitchin, now in charge of uh, Watford Women. I had an exclusive with him, and that's up on the Guna Fanzine website, so do give that a read. There'll be a second part to that. I'm really looking forward to seeing him in charge of his Watford side up against Arsenal. It's been a, a dream cup tie I've been looking out for for a while, so looking forward to that. Uh, next Sunday 14 minutes to go here a little quiet at the moment Matt Sharzi was just flagged offside and uh, Joseph will go long no clean sheet for either goalkeeper tonight did strike me last season Nuneaton at the third Ooh. best defensive record there's a great save there was it by Charlie Horlock yeah well taken down from Stenson mm. shifted onto his right foot a powerful drive towards goal there's a Horlock real gasp <laughs> from your mouth it was and a powerful hit, Yeah, though. if I wasn't checking my notes, it would have been a larger one from mine, I'm sure. I was just saying, uh, Nuneaton last season, ninth highest scorers in the league, despite reaching that playoff final. So it was all about their defence, finishing fourth last season. Second in the table, though, as you say, until the end of January. They were really up there vying with Townworth and dropped off. 14 left here. And they still trail by two goals to one, and Jimmy Ginelli's curtain faller, if you like. Swung in by Kyle Storer. He'll replace him and headed over the bar by Matt Stenson, who continues to get these chances coming his way. You think of that one he missed just before half-time where he didn't even manage to get the shot away. In the end, it is very tetchy for these Hitchin players. They'll be nervous. Mark Burke will be consulting with his assistants. Could he get another substitute on? I'm sure he'll probably just leave it for the moment. Well, I spoke about the importance of limiting Leroy Lita, but Matthew Stenson is a lethal finisher mm. in his own right. Scored plenty of goals in and around this level and... Uh, He's had a few chances tonight. I mean, most notably that one right on half-time where he was 1v1 but tripped over his own feet. Yeah, Matt Stenson signed from Baseford last summer. Played for Ilkeston and Dover and Chester. Been a little bit all over the place. 83 National League appearances after starting with Derby County, his hometown side. Netted the opening of the game at top field as Matt Sharzy gets into the box from a loose ball. Jack Sneelis, brilliant save. What a start from Joseph. Looked like that was 3-1 and possibly game over. In the end, it was a little bit too central from Sneelis, but that's a brilliant hand from the Nuneaton keeper. Anywhere but there, and it was 3-1, wasn't it? Lovely pullback from Matt Sharzy on a plate. Sneelis just couldn't quite put his foot through it as he would have liked, and it's gone straight into the goalkeeper. Now Emerson driving forward, bundled down off the ball, as is John Freeman. The referee gives a free kick for the foul, and Emerson, it was another lapse in concentration to allow Matt Sharzy to get into the box, and Sneelis, you'd have backed him really there for a fourth of the season. What a chance, and I know you're desperate to see him score as a former Rushton man as well. You have to give credit to the goalkeeper, though. Although it was at him, he reacted well. He raised his uh, right arm. It was a good one-handed save. But I like what the referee just did up there. I mean, how many times do yeah. you see players go down off the ball and the referee just ignores it? But he actually acknowledged that that was a foul and not just to come in together, hitching up the free kick. Really, really good display from the referees. Not caved under pressure from any of these players or fans. There have been a lot of appeals for some very, very... 
interesting fouls, I should say, as Gleeson floats the ball in. Looking for Simon at the back post, headed by McManus. Bell's up there, will drop to him, takes it onto his left foot, going up against uh, Lathaniel Rowe Turner. Back to Stephen Gleeson. He's been instrumental tonight, pulling those strings. He has. He's just got such a, you know, experienced background in that sort of position. Knows exactly what to do. Knows when to slow the game down, speed it up. Sometimes his temper can get the better of him, mm. but, you know, you, you wouldn't say no to a player of his quality. Here's Scott McManus, Cameron McWilliams walking down in front of us after going off in that first half due to injury, floating across here. And there was a, a little flicker of light on that Hitchin electronic board, which suggests they maybe are going to be bringing on their final substitution. I think it's Isaac Galliford, potentially. So there'll be no debut for Tommy Blenner-Hassett, the new man from Milton Keynes. Yeah, good player, Tommy Blenner-Hassett. Been mm. in and around the uh, the area, obviously started with MK, still there now. He's had a few loan spells in yeah. non-league. Release very recently. He's had a lot, actually. Burgess Hill and Lansing, sort of down south. And more recently, Biggleswade Town, where he scored goals. Tring, Athletic and Potton United last season. So local and then a little bit further away, 18 years of age. Part of the Milton Keynes side that won the EFL Youth Alliance Cup as well in April 2023. Scored a brace in the final against Rotherham, so a, a good player to bring in. Mark Burke actually said he's quite a similar in how he plays to Finley Wilkinson, so there's a good sign for Hitchin fans after Wilkinson banged in his 14th of the season. I know there's a, not, there's a lot not to like about MK Dons, but one thing <laughs> you do have to credit them for is their, their you know product line of, of youth talent. They've produced some fantastic players. We had a couple on loan at Rushton last season, Joel Anker and Charlie Waller, both of them absolutely brilliant. Joel Anker scoring goals for fun at the end of the season. Charlie Warder now playing with Banbury at step two. It just goes to show how important these non-league loan spells are, getting that senior men's experience and really developing your game in, in the, mm. the lower levels. Toby Sindam receiving treatment. This would require a real shuffling of the pack if he had to come off and some real worries for these travelling Hitchin fans as well. He, he has been excellent once again for the Canaries. It looks like it is going to be Isaac Galliford coming on. Perhaps for John Freeman, I think, would be uh, the straight swap, which means Sime will be Able to continue, Mark Burke not keeping that final sub off his sleeve, which is interesting. It's a, it's a bit of a gamble, the way the game's panned out. It is a bit, but he doesn't want to make a knee-jerk decision after an injury. Mm. I'm sure he's been planning this substitution for a while. Managers do tend to have those sort of in-game scenarios where they, they sort of prepare their substitutions before games, and uh, especially considering that Hitchin have already had to make two substitutions due to injury, he won't want to have to have another enforced change. Drop ball back to Charlie Horlock, who will kick long out of his hands. Into the final nine minutes here. There again, as there was at the end of the first half, we can expect a fair bit of added time over the top here. Stenson, Emmervon's been a machine again, but Stenson gets around him into the box. Emmervon, brilliant strength again. We know he's got that physicality. He showed it in abundance there because he could have so easily dragged down Matty Stenson. Emmervon again will be one of those man of the match contenders for you, I'm sure. Absolutely. He's definitely in with a shout. Storen out across the halfway line. Jimmy Ginelli in his final game in charge, staring down the barrel of a defeat, but just one goal in it here at Kirkby Road. Certainly not a ground where he would have maybe expected his final game to come. Almost ironic, it's the one that's nine miles down the road from the, the padlocked Liberty Way. And we do hope, you know, for the sake of this football club that they will be able to return there soon. 
I'm sure, you know, Barwell as well, it's, you know, it's the best thing for both parties and those Nuneaton fans. It'll be a joyous occasion if they do manage to return there. That first game back, I'm sure, will be a great one. Absolutely, yeah. We just wish the supporters and the, the club all the very best because it's a horrible situation to be in, mm. you know. Uh, and you, you look at clubs like Mask at Step 3 in the NPL just... Um, folded in these last couple of days really sad story involving them and uh, we just hope Nuneaton don't follow suit final change for Hitchin it's going to be Stephen Gleeson coming off so a lot of work for Kevin Cotter anchoring that midfield I have to say I expected it would be John Freeman but Gleeson he's been absolutely fantastic today he has he really has as he just makes his way off over on that far side he's been the man the, the, the glue in the middle for Hitchin mm. I've been really impressed with him so unlucky to hit that po hit the post from that clever free kick as well from a narrow angle on the left hand side crashing back off the post as Leroy Lita did the other end Jack Sneers forcing that brilliant save by Daniel Joseph it's a really really entertaining tight game of football Hitchin good value for their lead but Nuneaton can't say they haven't had the chances Freeman just missing the ball here Emmervon clearing inside his own half takes a big deflection of a Nuneaton man and will just be kept in play no not quite a throw in for Hitchin six minutes left I will ask for your man of the match in a few moments time Tottenham lead Burnley in the FA Cup through Pedro Porro's goal there's a similar amount of time left in that one at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium always enjoy FA Cup third round weekend until four o'clock on Sunday afternoon <laughs> when Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool turn up and but yeah big game for Arsenal they've almost found themselves in a similar sticky patch to Hitchin great work again by Matt Sharzy putting the defender under pressure it's funny because the listeners obviously can't see but you leant back there because McManus looked like he was going to lever it in our direction even at Stockford I stood behind the dugout and every time the ball was near and someone was about to clear it I genuinely took two steps back <laughs> and just prepare myself I don't want the ball hurting towards me I came out of the house yesterday, slipped down a muddy mound and got absolutely covered. So I'm just a risk <laughs> in these situations. <laughs> My whole That's why I'm not in the hitching coat tonight because it's currently in the, in the washing machine, <laughs> covered in mud. Bell's brought down here, there'll be a yellow card. Torrential conditions at the moment. But luckily not here, it's been a rather pleasant evening. Yellow card here for the number nine, Matt Stenson. Yeah, just sort of took Brad Bell's legs from underneath him as he turned in possession. No real malice in the mm. challenge, but the referee making the correct decision in the end. Nuneaton, who played in the conference from 2012 to 15 before three more seasons at step five, step uh, two, sorry, then being relegated. And since October, been locked out of their ground. Uh, a BBC News article saying they're about £650,000 in debt. They were for a lot of large part of last season, while you know doing things like a, a boost the budget campaign, really putting all their eggs in the promotion basket. They've lost £60,000 as well already in lost revenue from free home games and they had a fireworks night scheduled as well in November. They are desperate to return to Liberty Way. Ball coming in here, blocked behind for a cross. Five minutes to go, I'll ask you for your ID net, HTFC Radio Man of the Match, Joseph. There's been a lot of contenders for me tonight, a lot of steady performers on the Hitchin side. I think Daniel Emmervon has looked fantastic mm. in that left wing back position since moving across. But for me, I, I just cannot look past Stephen Gleeson. He mm. has been the man for Hitchin, who's controlled the tempo in the middle. When they had to ride that early storm in the second half, he was there, he stood up to the plate, he led the troops, and uh, for me, you know, he deserves yeah, it. Yeah, after that injury scare as well, it's the ball swung in here for the corner. How has that beaten everyone at the back post? I think Kane Richards might have just collided with the far post, and luckily he's okay to continue, because those can be painful, but that was a wicked delivery once again. That's, but about, that's about as good a delivery as you'll see. 
right on a sixpence at the back mm. post, begging to be turned in, but Hitchin just did enough at the back post to put off the man coming in. So Stephen Gleeson, we will go over and talk to him. I had a sudden hunch he might go and give it to Jack Steelers all of a sudden, just so we get to interview him, but <laughs> uh, not quite. I'll tell you what, if he scored There's that goal... There's still time for that. If he scored that goal, he wouldn't have been far off. I'm sure you can enjoy a drink with him in the bar after. Here's Charlie Horlock, long over the top, four minutes plus added time. All of Hitchens' work done inside the first 20 minutes and it's been a, a defensive display to be proud of if they can get it over the line. Now Matt Sharzy trying to work an opening. Sneelis, he's not done with this game yet, I can tell you. Nice flick into Galliford. He might go for goal from range. Playing forward, Matt Sharzy looking to get past his man. It's a good tackle down on the floor from Victor Nirenold. Now Galliford slipping the ball through. Hitchin man goes down, will play on though. He won't quite trickle out for a goal kick. It will go back to Joseph. He kicks long. Again, Hitchin continue to work the ball really well. Long forward now. Smash clear by Stan Georgie. What a job he's done as well coming into the side midway through that first half. He's been fantastic. Yeah, thrown in at the deep end in that right centre-half position. He's not put a foot wrong. He's swept up everything at the back and, and he's contributed by just those little popping mm. passes into, into the midfield as well. Ball across here. Nirenold can... Come forward, or oh, spinning away from Emma Von there, a rare blot in his copybook, and there's going to be a free kick as well. Brought down is the Nuneaton man. Not quite sure who by it's right over on that far side. I think it's John Freeman over there. He might receive a yellow card, and considering Hitchens' difficulties of set pieces, this is a huge chance with two minutes remaining. And Nuneaton have looked really threatening mm. from this sort of region as well. Their goal came from the long throw and in line with roughly where this free kick is being taken, so Hitchin have really got to be on their metal now. No yellow card then for the man who brought the Nuneaton player down. Jaden Charles will take the free kick. Just over two minutes plus added time left. Nuneaton trailing by two goals to one and Jimmy Ginelli's final game involved in this club. A massive moment in the game now. Free kick to be swung in from the Right-hand side, it will be swinging in towards goal. Steps up to the Nuneaton man. It's a good delivery. Charlie Horlock's palmed it just over the crossbar. May even have kissed the bar on the way through. And he needed to get a touch as well because that looked destined for the top corner. Well watched from Charlie Horlock to tip it aside. Backs against the wall now for Hitchin. Everyone back in the box defending with the exception of Arnie Matshazi up forward. So many problems from these set pieces. Another one comes in, headed down. Who's that come off last? Another Hitchin man. Nuneaton will get a third corner in succession with 90 seconds remaining. Hitchin just can't get it clear here. It's Referee nervy, just stopping for something in the box momentarily. Going to call a, a couple of players over, which will just slow things down again. Talking to Captain Scott McManus, one of the tallest players out there. This is what Nuneaton don't need, these little breaks in play it just builds up the nerves even more yeah this is very much squeaky bum time for those Hitchin fans who have made the journey up here in decent numbers supporting their team have been good on the road this season won the last time they were here drew in their last away game against Nuneaton can they see this one out another deep delivery towards the back post this time it's headed wide by a Nuneaton player and Hitchin finally relieved that spell of set piece pressure yeah, they can just breathe a sigh of relief now and take as much time as they, well, legally can over this goal kick. But they, they sort out the pressure well. We've, we've asked a lot of questions about Hitchin and their ability to deal with set pieces over the years. They've done well there. Nuneaton 1, Hitchin 2. Goal scorers Wilkinson in the first minute, Emma Vaughan in the 19th, and then Leroy Lita, 
who just, as we say, scores against everyone's clubs. He does enjoy a goal against Hitchin. He was the one who pulled it back in the 57th minute. We will wait with bated breath to see how much time might be added on here at Kirkby Road. Five minutes. I thought it could have been a little bit more, so I think Hitchin fans will take that as Turl heads away. Goes down in the process. Emma Von back there defending. Cross comes in, headed away by a Hitchin man. Horlock was just thinking about coming out for it as well. Falls now for Casey Butterfield in the 13 shirt. Over with Isaac Gallifood. It's going to be the longest five minutes of Hitchin's season so far. Great tackle from behind from Bradley Bell. And then Sneelis back there defending to clear away. It's going to be a painful watch for Mark Burke and all of those in purple or yellow and green. It certainly is, but they've showed that they can defend from these set-piece situations in these last few moments. Taken short here, crossed in again by McManus. Bell backpedalling to head away. Oh, and McManus is trying to volley it back into the box. He had a little bit more time there than perhaps he thought. And they're trying to work an opening now on the edge of the box. Freeman continuing to put the pressure on, but turning away from him is the industrious Matt Stenson. He's worked really hard here, worked to the right-hand side. Cross coming in, flicked on, headed clear by Toby Sime, but still will continue to come back at Hitchin. McManus, too much space, delivering the cross. Oh, it's a great block at the near post. I think, again, it might have been Sneelis back there. Yeah, Corner kick. Lee Wolita again, just spinning off and trying to tap it in at the front post, but Jack Sneelis of all people. Well, everyone's got to be back now for Hitchin. Hitchin under tremendous work. pressure. The scenes in that dugout of Nuneaton can snatch an equaliser here on Jimmy Janelli's farewell. Again, the short corner is offered and they choose that option into Stora, dinking it in. It's a poor cross, but volleyed down and into the grateful hands of Charlie Horlock. It's a poor effort in the end. And Orlock can take a little bit of time. Four and a half minutes left. Yeah, the bouncing turf just really took the momentum out of the shot, didn't it? Which is uh, very strange for an artificial pitch, but Charlie Horlock was able to gobble that one up. Horlock then kicking away. He had <laughs> the striker Stenson standing there, and I think Horlock was almost thinking, I'll just boot it into his back if he doesn't move. Matt Sharzy nearly putting the ball behind it. It will be a Nunnington throwing rather than a goal kick, but he's continued to work hard. Juracell Bunny up front. <laughs> Arnie the Terminator as Marak has coined him as well. That's a brilliant that is nickname. Textbook Marak, that is, who will still be Bruce listening in. Bruce has come up with some nicknames over the years, but that one's right up there yeah, with the rest of them. Yeah, really is. I'll be back indeed. And he's certainly staked his place today, but here comes Lita into the box, 39 years of age, and still putting his body on the line for this Nuneaton side. Two and a half minutes remaining here at Kirkby Road. Two goals to one, the scoreline in favour of Hitchintown FC. 63 of you tuning in, thank you all for sticking with us tonight. There'll have been no reason to go anywhere, though I'm sure this game continues to heat up. Long throw-in again from McManus in the captain's armband. Cotter gets the head to it. He was just pushing the back. Wins the second header again. Hitchin will have to get out to McManus. Delivers that left-footed cross. Turl was underneath it. Taken down by Butterfield. Trying to turn in the box. Now Kyle Storer onto his right foot. Butterfield all going for goal. Brilliant block. Shouts for handball. Never anything in there. Waved away. Back in. Oh, Nuneaton have scored. They have snatched it right at the death. And there will be a fitting farewell for Jimmy Janelli. You can't write this for Hitchin Town. The Look cruelest the of endings. Massive celebrations of their manager from most of the players. None Eaton have done it. Matt Stenson is the man who's done it with 90 seconds remaining. Cruel, cruel game is football. But a jubilant one for these None Eaton fans and players.
It's again come from that cross from the right-hand side. They've been asking questions all night long from that flank. Matt Stenson there. I said you can't give him many opportunities, and that's exactly why. Breezed into the six-yard area, and a little deft touch to take it beyond the despairing dive of Charlie Hawk into the roof of the net. Pandemonium for the fans behind the goal. Cotter then over the top. One minute remaining plus any further added time. Hitchin, who have worked so hard. Bell flicking it on. It just felt how much longer could they withstand all of that Nuneaton pressure. And the answer was they couldn't. Here's Bell taking it down. Back heel. Sneelis just gets into the box. Now laying it off. Galliford. Oh, why has he gone for goal there? He had Emavon and Matt Shazi in support. And now Nuneaton, they could even win it for Jimmy Ginelli here. Over the halfway line. Good tackle back there by Matt Shazi. But the referee says free kick. Matt Shazi is booked. He's furious with that decision and Nuneaton have one final chance they could win this game here in the most dramatic of circumstances incredible it's, the it's absolutely incredible you'd think that Eaton were winning given the you know the sheer noise coming from behind the goal but this is one last chance for now five seconds of normal time left I would imagine this is going to be the last passenger play be. Kyle Storer who will take over as manager following the conclusion tonight into the sixth minute now of the fire that were added on. Floated in and headed away well. Shouts again for handball. The Nuneaton fans will appeal for absolutely anything. And they're going to have one corner right at the death here. They could win this game after being 2-1 down for so long. After going 1-0 down within 54 seconds. Hitchin now going from holding on for three points to searching desperately just to cling on to one. Right at the death, another deep, deep corner, heading back across, straight into the hands of Charlie Horlock. That should be enough. Horlock wants to go long. Now Hitchin suddenly wants to try and win this game. Looks for Matt Shazi. Beautiful control. There's no one up in support. He's tackled. And that's the final action of the Jimmy Janelli era at Nuneaton Borough. And they'll end it with a point. They've had to work incredibly hard to do it. The Hitchin fans are down. Absolutely devastated. They're players on the pitch. They've given it all tonight, Joseph. But it just felt sometimes it's inevitable. You know, fixtures like this, occasions like this, that there's always going to have to be a team on the wrong side of it. And tonight, Hitchin just didn't quite have enough in the tank to hold on. What a game of football. What a spectacle for the fans here at Kirby Road tonight. A final game of the Jimmy Janelli era, and it certainly didn't disappoint. Hitchin will feel gutted to come away from here with a point, but a draw away from home in this division with how competitive this league is, is never a bad result. The Hitchin players start to wander over and acknowledge the support from the travelling Hertfordshire supporters. And, well, I'm, I'm lost for words, really. I mean, I, I, I thought Hitchin were going to run away with this after 20 minutes. Mm. I really did. Brilliant start inside 54 seconds with the Wilkinson header. Emmervon then doubling the lead with 20 minutes on the clock. But what a comeback on Eaton stage in that second half. Lita and Stenson, the two big hitters up top for Nuneaton Borough. Kane to the four. And uh, got them what, in the end, I suppose you could say is a well-deserved point, given their fight back in that second half. They had, certainly in that first period of the half, they had a real period of possession and pressure. They didn't have, they didn't have to withstand some pressure from the away side, but credit to Nuneaton, who rose to the occasion, never gave in, and uh, got themselves a point. It is ironic that a draw, probably the fair result tonight, will feel like the most unfair result uh, for these Hitchin Town players now for what they've been through for some difficult games some poor defeats some awful performances really
to play so well for so many parts of this game to really put a 90 minutes of positive football together losing two key players in that first half because of Finley Wilkinson up front there you know in that second half with Jack Sneelers and bringing Matt Shazi on it's so different the experience of someone like Lane Eady at the back but Nuneaton have their injuries too two players going off injured McWilliams and then the man who you know succeeded him it it just felt there was going to be that, even if it's not a fairy tale ending for Jimmy Janelli, and you know, none eaten this is not, not, not something of a fairy tale at all, the circumstances here. But the players want to play for their manager, their outgoing manager. They had the motivation tonight and they nicked it right at the death. Yeah, and that point will feel like free for them. They've obviously had a difficult run in the league. Their winless run goes on, but that one will feel like a win tonight, given you know how strong Hitchin have been this season. Going 2-0 down, never ever easy against the side in Hitchin who have done really well away from home so they had to dig in they had to show character mm. that's exactly what they did and I think when the dust settles those Hitchin players they're going to be gutted right now they're going to be disappointed bitterly disappointed but they are, I think they'll look back on this as a, as a good point yes mm. they'll be frustrated not to win of course they will but a point away from home against the side with the bit between the teeth like Nuneaton you know, I think it's just one you take and you move on. Yeah, it's certainly always going to be a difficult game to predict. It finishes here. Joseph, thank you very much for joining me. All the best tomorrow. I will be listening back to that, I'm sure, hoping for a positive result for AFC Rushton and Diamonds. Tune in to Joe tomorrow. Three o'clock kickoff, Rushton versus Gresley Rovers. But thank you all for tuning in today. As we say of Nunnies, and we hope they are back at Liberty Way very soon. The next time we commentate on them, we want to be back on that side, back in Warwickshire, uh, rather than here at Copeby Road, who have played excellent host to us. Uh, tonight, I have to mention though, no more curry sauce, which is bitterly disappointing. <laughs> and chips in a cone, uh, as and well. chips in a cone. So a little, little bit gutted about that. Even more gutted about the result. But as you say, Joe, there is, there is nothing wrong, you know, in coming here on a Friday night uh, and picking up a point on the road. It'll just be the manner in how it's happened. You know, if you're two 0 down and you draw, it'll feel like a win, and the other way around, it'll feel like a defeat. That's football, and sometimes these scripts are just written already. It finishes here in Barwell, Nuneaton two, Hitchin two.